Hello, everyone, and welcome into Debate Night with Brody and Hunter. Super excited for this episode. Super excited. This to be is gonna be a good one. Back in the back in the <laughs> studio yet again. Uh, w- real quick reminder: if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. If you're listening here on YouTube, whether it's live or if you're watching it post, um, leave a comment. Let us know you're here, where you're listening from, and uh, feel free to put your opinions in on all of these takes. And we might just mention you on a future debate night uh, as things kind of progress on but you know as you might see in the title we've got some very interesting things coming down the pipeline we've got we're gonna go over some of brody's worst takes according to his twitter, uh twitter yep. uh so what y'all are saying was his worst takes we're all i wanted i wanted to fire the people up yeah. to really try to get some good calls tonight that's what we're hoping for some and solid then, uh, calls we're also going to be going over music city open explaining kind of what's going on from what we've been hearing people on the ground. Mm-hmm. We're obviously not there, so we can't say we saw it with our own eyes, but we'll walk through some of that, and then we're going to have a lot of calls coming in tonight. That is the plan, try to fire through these first few things. But I think first we've got a giveaway. Yeah, not- well, so if you're if you're watching right now on YouTube or if you're listening, make sure you guys go over and subscribe to the Foundation Podcast. We're, uh, we're going to be giving away this Photon Zone once we hit five. 15,000 subscribers. So if you haven't subscribed, make sure you click that subscribe button. And uh, we have a Dark Horse Undertaker to give away uh, over on the Apple Podcast review. So if you did drop a review for us, we do appreciate it. We read all of them. And uh, I have one right here, and this is actually the winner. It goes, uh, perfect for those long drives and commutes, loving the topics, appreciate all the pro scene takes and behind the scenes info, keeping it up. Uh, keep it up, guys. Looking forward to the next ec- episode. Stay freaky. That goes out to GG hashtag 2487 on Discord. Nice. Yeah. So uh, really quick for both our audio and our live listeners, we are currently working on fixing that buzzing sound that you hear. Um, is, there a bu- is there a B? There's a slight buzzing. Is there a B? There's a slight B. There's a B in the room. Uh, it's something going from our board to our computer so it is we have yeah we have it's in the process of being fixed and we have something set up tonight that hopefully will work better with the live calls so that's what we're hoping for so uh, that's what we're hoping for that also could possibly be what's causing the noise so, we, ha- we have no you idea know what we're we're a new show this is our eighth, <laughs> is it eighth episode yeah we're working through we're some still technical we're still side trying stuff. to figure it out things are things are being things are being fixed so um people are some people are saying it's only buzzers being maxed out but don't worry we're going to be fixing that uh, as the show goes on, could so it be my we're gonna fan? No, it's not you. Is my I ignore don't know. that? Nothing's okay. coming out of All Brody's right. computer. We're right. just, don't even pay attention to that. There's nothing on this computer. All right, so uh, last podcast, we always kind of jump in and uh, talk about some of the things that we might be wrong on, or potentially some things that people kind of tune in afterwards. And again, hopefully these people call in. I think it's always better to have if you can have a conversation with someone in person. I always think that's better than try, especially Twitter. I feel like Twitter is literally the, the worst place to try to change someone's opinion. I think people just love. But it's a fun place. To it's try. a fun place, but I don't think it's the most effective. So a lot of people are a lot of people are giving me gruff today, being like, "Why don't you just like say it on Twitter right now? Why don't you?" And it's like I don't really want to write an essay. Yeah. Like I'd rather just be able to talk. That's why we have this podcast. It's so much easier. So uh, some people are coming at us a little bit on that. Um, but one thing that I will say, I'll change my mind. I was wrong. So we were talking a lot about like the pros, how you know, at the end of the rounds, they would like stick around and like jump on lead card. Mm-hmm. Now, I do think some people are doing that specifically to get 
on coverage yes. or to have you know a little moment in the uh, what do you call it moment in the shine that's shining moment what moment in the spotlight there you go but this person left a reply or left a comment on YouTube and I, I actually agree he said quick point about the pros hanging out at holes or walking with the top card or two after they finish their rounds. They have nowhere else to go. A typical disc golf course does not have a clubhouse for guys to kick back, eat a snack, and watch the end of the tournament on TV. They are hanging out in the course waiting for their friends to finish so they can get some tacos. Now, I don't know about the tacos part. That I, w- I, I will say I might disagree with the tacos. What he's describing, I'm sure, is true. Yes, of, there's uh, a, a lot certain, of people. Yeah, and I think we talked mm-hmm. about that some. Is there some players who, like, legitimately just want to go out and support their ride or die cameras no cameras it might be someone that they're like touring with yeah but i think the biggest issue is you can go support them and be there for them while being behind the ropes Mm. or while being behind the scenes Mm. you know what i mean yeah uh you don't have to be i think the biggest thing is like people will try to like move and get in camera line shots and stuff like that kind of more to what we were talking about before yeah you can be there support enjoy the tournament without trying to like make the moment about you if that makes sense um because i mean heck this past week in the battle for bedford which i think we're gonna talk about that here in a second Mm -hmm. i was out as the tournament director i got to enjoy the final round yep uh but there was a decent sized gallery maybe 70 to 100 people uh were out there watching the final round which for a b tier pretty proud of that yeah um so they were out watching i as a tournament director very easily could have been up in the front but I know there were some kids that this is the only time they'll ever get to see Paul play or some of the other guys play. And so I just hung out in the back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I got to enjoy the disc golf all the same. I got mm-hmm. to, I just kind of moved myself around where I watched the disc golf, but there was no need for me to be up front. I didn't, I wasn't doing media coverage. I wasn't doing anything. I was just there as a spectator. Yeah. So there was no point for me to use my role as a spec, as a TD, or if I was a player to get up in front of everyone, other than if I wanted everyone to be like, Oh, that's Hunter. Oh, that's I, a TD. You I know think what I think that problem can be easily solved with just you know a Jeff Spring email. Hey, players, or you know, th- it, it, it's just setting precedent. It's setting an example of this is what we're going to do from here on out. So we'll see. But I thought that was a good point. I didn't really think about that as much, and uh, yeah, I was I was wrong yeah. on some of those people. Yes. Um, okay, the Joe Mez thing. I don't know. I don't know if I ever. Maybe I did say this at one point by accident, but. I have never said that post-production should go away. Correct. I'm a huge fan of post-production. I have probably said that. Okay. I'm a huge... But that was not your take. I'm a huge fan of post-production, but I think it should live under the Disc Golf Pro Tour umbrella so that it builds the Pro Tour and the Pro Tour continues to get bigger and bigger, bigger payouts and all that stuff. Um, and also, I think the post-production should be pushed further back so it's not so close yeah i think that where it gets confusing in the line is like we talk about live disc golf Mm -hmm. being the way to consume all of this stuff the benefits Mm -hmm. of live and when talking about that it very easily sounds like we're 100 percent talking against the other solution Mm -hmm. which is post-produced when there is a world where both live and both coexist with live being the main way you watch and post-produced being the way that people who like all the reasons they say working on the way Great example. I was running the tournament this weekend. I didn't have time to yep. watch match play. Yep. I watched the scores of match play, but I didn't get to consume a single minute of live match play because I was too busy this weekend. Yep. Post-produce exists for things like that. Sure, under the Disc Golf Network, under the Disc Golf Pro Tour umbrella, and with live being the feature-pushed way. Yeah. kind of what you were talking about. No, exactly. And uh, you know, I think Jomez, I think their best stuff, 
Because I'll just say, I don't think filming disc golf is that takes that much skill. The actual filming part. The actual filming, yeah. getting a camera guy. Now the production, all that stuff. That's a whole different ball game. The graphics, and then, the editing. Yeah, all that's that. a whole different ball game. And then when you're talking about trying to do it live, that's a whole nother ball game. Yes. It's unreal. It's just the buzz now. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going. I think like, with just the buzz, we're fine to. Sounds move like cross forward. wiring. I don't even know what that means. It definitely. I think it is. I think it's cross wiring. Um, there's also. Okay. I think that's just I'm, what's going on. I'm gonna I'm gonna, gonna fix it. I'm gonna talk this out. Okay. So this this comment said exactly. I, uh, they're agreeing with the the Jomez kind of thing. They're saying I don't understand how they don't understand. Well, that's that's confusing. That spending four or five hours, three or four days a week watching disc golf isn't feasible for basically anyone. In the time I watched one live round, I could have watched the whole round post-produced and played around myself or went to the gym and cooked dinner or had family time, yada, yada, yada. There's a place for both. And obviously watching the final round of Worlds is live um, is going to be more exciting, but isn't feasible for most point. And then I think also someone even said like no disc golfer has time to watch live disc golf. So this is what I'll say about that. If you're a football fan out there, especially if you're like in the younger years, right, where you don't have, maybe you're not married yet, maybe you don't have a family, you're watching football four hours Monday night. Then you don't really have anything Tuesday or Wednesday. You're watching four hours of football Thursday night. You're probably catching a Friday night college football game. Then you're sitting watching football probably all day. You're watching like 24 hours on the weekend. You're probably watching college football all day Saturday, and you're watching all day Sunday NFL. So the fact that I I just completely disagree with this person there. I know tons of people that watch golf all for, uh, you know, for eight to 12 hours on the weekends. There are people that love watching live disc golf and there's going to be some people that don't. There's benefits to both, but saying that there's no benefit to live disc golf, because even someone said like, I like watching whole argument for live disc golf. You get to see the whole picture. You get to see what's. No. Oh, okay. Well, my whole argument is one shot, the shot, James Conrad. Imagine just if you watch that post produce, you missed out. And that's what you're missing. That's what you're risking missing out if you're not watching live or co- consuming stuff live. The Twitter yeah. world blew up. The, the disc golf social media blew up that day mm-hmm. to where it was spoiled for most people who were trying to watch it post produce. Yeah. And that moment was just like everyone who is a disc golf fan rejoice in that moment of James Conrad throwing in that shot to win worlds. Mm-hmm. Well, I know it put him in a playoff, but that was the shot that won him worlds basically. And without live, y- you don't get to all watch that at the same time. No. Then the disc golf world never has that big reaction that gets us attention to sports center or something like that. Yeah. Cause me and you might watch it on Monday when it comes out. And then Trevor watches it on a Tuesday. We text Silas about it on a Wednesday. Connor watches it next Friday. And the disc golf world never has one moment of Holy frick that just happened. Well, let's, let's, that's my whole, that's my whole, anytime someone brings up live, I'm like, well, let's, let's, let's talk about an event that not that many people did watch live because I think that is, I mean, I think people will prioritize certain events to watch live and people will not pay. Like, they'll just say, that's also very true. This one, I don't really care about. And that's how, that's how I consume other sports. Yeah. Like I'm going to watch if I can, like if I'm not in a tournament or something, I'm going to watch every single Florida Gators game every single time unless i'm doing something yeah now alabama for example like they're really fun to watch and i would love to watch them but i'm not prioritizing my day around the no, alabama i like prioritize game. that game if they're playing like the alabama auburn is always something yeah 
Like there's certain games. But if they're playing, prioritize. if they're playing someone out of conference and that they're going to beat by sixty, if I'm not doing anything and I turn on the TV, sure I'll watch it. But I'm not, I'm not, you know, making it a point like their kickoffs at twelve. I'm sitting down watching it. So, with that being said, the match play, it it might have been a flop. From what I've seen on Twitter, the amount of people that did not pay attention, not yeah. because it's two things. I think one, it was a flop. People, a bunch of people didn't watch. I tuned in at one point, like mid. I think it was second round or something because I was tuning in and when I could, only 5,000 people were watching on yeah. YouTube live on Sunday. And I feel like they were getting normally like 12, 13, 15,000 on YouTube. Um, so that was way down. And then the people that did watch it, lots of negative stuff. Well, I think the biggest of issue... Of why they didn't like it. And it's a it. shame because match play can be a great event like this. Like, mm-hmm. uh, what's it called? Uh, um, like an extra event. Uh, it starts with an E. Ex, ex, exhibition. Exhibition. Really it can be a great exhibition. You're lucky I event. pronounced that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think it's a shame that like this put a bad taste in some people's mouth for match play within disc mm. golf. Um, but I think to me, one of the biggest reasons I wasn't interested was the course. Course. Yep. I also heard this. You know, this wasn't why people weren't originally tuning in, but I think a lot of people turned it off because I heard there was coverage. Again, I didn't get to watch it, but I the, heard a lot of complaints the, about coverage issues. There's a commentary. weird. There's a really weird rebounding situation. I don't know if it's when you go in from your app, like your if you have an Apple iPhone, and I'd be interested if people also get this because when I go in and I click the app and I watch in the, the network, the app itself. Um, even on YouTube, though, it happens where like if I go somewhere else and then I come back. I get in like an endless loop. Of well, that a, just sometimes like happens a, in the stream, I think, or it's I, a mistake. But I don't know if I don't know if other people are getting it if they're watching it on desktop or maybe they're watching it on Android. But it it happens all the time where I'm like in an endless thirty second loop of where I'm just seeing James Conrad throw his upshot, and then after he throws it, it just goes back and they're talking about James and it's like what it's like a Groundhog's Day situation. And so I know for me that's really really frustrating trying to watch live sports. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the course, I think was, the the, court, the course was the number one reason. If, if this was a different year and we haven't seen four or five, whatever it is, golf courses played between the national tour and the pro tour already, mm-hmm. then sure. It might've been more exciting, but this year is not the year to go to a golf course. If right you now. play on a golf course, it has to be a golf course like OT, like where OTB was yes. or where, um, where was the other one? Goat Hill. No, 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 I don't no. Think that was very no, 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 no. OTB was a good one, and then the uh, no, it was uh, where port. It was supposed to be Portland, Portland but it was was it Portland Open? Yeah, where they have really good trees off the fairway that you can kind of carve out good holes. Mm -hmm. The the notion of people wanting to see players throw down Down the fairway, fairway, yeah, I I think I think a couple tournaments a year, it's exciting to watch like Eagle Park that seven hundred foot par four, like that's exciting. exciting, yeah. But I think when you're watching it like for hours, it gets boring. Y- you've seen it, and so well, the I, other I don't want to get into commentary either. I'm seeing a lot of people also talking about the commentary. That is something that I think the Disc Golf Network is going to have to address in the off season. Yeah, because there there is a there is there is a situation there, and they're going to have to try to figure it out. Um, because for me, it doesn't even when I hear we're going to play on a golf course. I'm already uninterested before I get to see if it's a good golf course. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When I like that's not true at the beginning of the year, but like we started off with Las Vegas Challenge, we had DDO, they played on Emporia Country Club, Portland Open, uh, OTB Open, Goat Hill. I mean, that's five right there. And I know Worlds had a golf course. Yeah. 
That's There's like a lot of six golf or seven. That's, yeah. This was at least the seventh, possibly higher golf course mm-hmm. that was live streamed as like a big tournament this year. So when I hear golf course, I'm at the point that like I'm not even giving it enough of a chance to see if it's a well-designed golf course on like mix of woods and stuff. Yep. Because I'm just going, oh my gosh, another golf course before I even get to turn it on. Yeah. I think that's how a lot of a lot of people. No, people that might just have been weren't just excited. Like, people weren't excited. Yeah, because some people might have just been like, "I don't want to watch another golf course." Yeah. Especially match play disc golfers, I can speak as one. Don't really understand match play yet because we've we've never. If you weren't a golf fan first, transition well, to disc golf fan. To, to be fair, watching the first, I, I think I watched the first hour, and there was a lot of terminology that was being thrown around during it. To where if you if you came from a golf background and you've watched right, like I mean, the Ryder Cup's around the corner. It's it's happening two days from now, and that's the biggest biggest match play event um, of the uh, uh, of you know of golf. Like that's yeah. huge. And so if you come from that background and you tune in, it was very difficult to watch and hear the commentary. Were they using terms wrong? Yes. Okay. They're they using terms for skins. They're using terms uh, like that I've never heard see, of. See, that was a thing. And so for other people, like like for you, you probably wouldn't even notice or care. But if you do have that background of like these, this is what things are always said, you know, and then all of a sudden starts someone saying something different. It, it's tough. It's yeah. tough to make well, that. Well, that was the thing for me is I thought match play and skins were essentially the same thing. I, I think they did too. I think a lot of disc golfers do. <laughs> because like the first time I played match play against Trevor, we pushed, I was pushing holes in my head. And so we won one. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm up 4-1. Yeah. And Trevor goes, no, we're all square, whatever it's called. Because mm-hmm. it, it should have been like, one one, but like all square. Yeah, because you're was, either up one, up two, whatever. It was confusing. Or two up. It was. It I don't was, even understand it. Still, the UDIS two was also very confusing. Looking at there was also very very confusing. Oh, we just got a twenty dollar dono from Gary. He says post produce should be a feature of a subscription package. If you pay four ninety nine per month, you get live. If you pay seven ninety nine or nine ninety nine, you get live and top tier post coverage of cards with exciting lineups or people chasing leads. What do you think about that? Throwing it all into the paywall. I do think if you, I do think I don't like everything a, behind a paywall. If there is a paywall, what I would do is, I mean, realistically, if they wanted the most people behind the paywall, I think this would make people outraged. If the paywall is the way they're going, you should give the first few rounds free and the final day you got to pay for. Mm. But regardless, I don't like the paywall where we're at now. I like. I also think if you have a paywall, I don't want to be seeing commercials every that, ten seconds. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I'm paying. I'm so confused I, by that. Maybe maybe make the live stream free with commercials and five bucks to remove the commercials. Yeah, because like, when why you, am I paying? When you watch a pay per view event like a boxing match or yeah, there a might UFC be an ad read stuff from the commentators. I don't, mean, something I don't going even on. know if there is that. Or I like Showtime boxing if they're doing it. It's like a thanks to Showtime. Oh, maybe Boston like maybe like a quick one. But I'm trying I'm trying to think like when I pay for a pay per view of it, I don't think I see commercials. No. So I don't know. I I, I don't know. Same it's, thing with Disney Plus, Netflix. Like you're paying for a mm, subscription service. Like I have so Spotify. Not, I wouldn't look at it as a pay per view event because you're. No, USDGC no, is have, a pay per view event. Well, they have ads. Probably not. But we're Let's looking see. at. We got to look at it as a subscription service, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. a good yeah. question would be: Is if you watch a game on ESPN Plus, mm-hmm. I don't have ESPN Plus. Are there commercials on that they game? Do have ads. Okay, so then that's yeah. that's. So I'm ESPN wrong. Plus. Like when you're watching when you're watching a UFC fight that's on ESPN Plus, that's not a pay per view. 
like it's a fight night, there are ads. But you paid. It's not like it's on ESPN. Like on I, cable. I, I get mad. People get mad about that too because they'll cut. Like some of the best parts of UFC fights are when they go into the corners after the round, and you get to hear what the cornermen are and they'll saying. They'll cut that out. They'll like straight up cut, and then you go to a commercial, but and then it comes a... back. But when you go pay per view, and it's like the main card on pay per view. There's no cutting. You just go and you just hear all the stuff. Are those and fights so, with ads on normal ESPN or only ESPN Plus? Both. Like, both. Okay. Well, see, that's, that's where different. it's weird. That's different because cable, sure, there's ads. So no, but it's on both. It's on if I'm pay, I'm paying ESPN Plus and I'm still seeing ads because they're just streaming the ESPN broadcasts. Sure, but like I don't know. I I know people. But if, have, I'm saying if it's a game, if it's like a football game or something that's only on ESPN Plus, like that's the only way to watch ooh, it. You have to pay. Ooh. Are there commercials on that? Is what I'm saying. Ooh, like you have to pay to watch this game. Are there commercials on that? To me, there shouldn't be. There might be. I don't think either. I just don't think there should be. We'll see. That's always confused me. All right. Um. So yeah, match play. We'll see what happens with it in the future, and especially this is gonna be really interesting because it it does seem like a lot of people don't like match play, and uh, or at least this. That's what I'm saying. This gave people bad taste in the mouth, and next year there's supposed to be a major. The major is gonna give people bad taste no matter what. But but that this is not a good like precursor to the major that's gonna be match play. This event had way more potential than that major ever did, because (laughs) because. It was an exhibition, not a major. Mm. Like this had way more potential to be a good event, because like people, the same thing as like skins, skins matches. Imagine a skins match being a major. And it's like whoever wins the most skins is a major winner. Yeah, people would be it's like, wild. Like it's if wild. if the if the GK Pro skins match is yeah. suddenly like for a major title, yeah, people would be ticked. But as a GK Pro skins match, it's great. It's, it's a great lot of content. Fun. It's great content, exactly. but it's it's, it's not a great exhibition match. Not great come out competitive, and, like a. But it's a fun event because it, it puts pros in situations where like I have to run this hundred footer. Yes, that's a lot of fun to watch as a one-off competitive event. Um, but it's not a lot of fun for a competitive event in the sense of like title, name on a disc, mm-hmm. you know, big pay bonuses on the line. If I make this 150 footer, no, I agree. Or not to make sure I, the guy who I beat by 10 strokes this round, I don't no, I lose agree. to. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We'll see what happens moving forward with that. All right, quick little bet, battle for Bedford recap. Shout out to Paul taking it down. 16 strokes. I, it ties. I thought his, it was. Uh, I thought it was interesting when you guys were talking on Grip Locked about like what you thought the scores were going to be. You didn't just say like, "What do we think Paul's going to shoot?" You kept being like, "What do you think the winning score is going to be?" I mean, I appreciate you trying to be. I appreciate you trying to be like. There was a chance that a Cody Bradshaw or someone could pop. I appreciate you trying to be like open to the idea, but you know he designed the course, he knows the course really well, and he's the course pretty is good. hard. The course is hard enough. He's pretty good at disc Paul golf. Paul didn't make the course look hard, as hard as it is. The course is hard enough that I thought there there was. The, the slimmer chance. of a chance, and I would have looked really stupid if I just were going, well, Paul's <laughs> going to win. There's no way he doesn't. And even then he though, doesn't, yeah. yeah. I see what you're saying. But, but he, he, he did. Took su- it down. He surprised me. Every, he, I said five I think he down. surprised himself a little bit because he, I don't, I don't think he was thinking 10, I don't think he was thinking double digits. No, I think he had shot it once before in like a video or something, but for some reason he never counted that as the, as the course, as record. The course record. Yeah. Um, because he said, like, I didn't, he never said, like, I didn't actually do it. He just said, like, well, that wasn't really real. That wasn't when it mattered. Yeah. Basically what he Tournament, kept saying. Tournaments, tournaments, a completely yeah. different ball game. So I predicted five down each round. Mm-hmm. He, he went six, eight, ten. Yeah. So I looked like a complete idiot. And I was ten, I was nine strokes off. And it's one of those courses, too, that 
a lot of the top 10 guys did better as the as the uh, rounds went. Yeah. So, like what he did, six, eight, ten. A lot of other people also. Here's improved. a question: What Paul playing? How Paul played? Mm. If this was a pro tour field, did he win? I think it'd be close. I think it'd be real close. Um, I, I mean, think I think the course really. This course, I think it really does take away a lot of people from winning. Um, the players that are more reliant on dis- distance versus control, they ha- almost have no chance of playing winning this tournament um, at this course. And then also lefties uh, that don't have forehands, they have no chance. Yeah, Zach, and, Zach Melton was out there, and he was like, I think I threw one backhand drive. And I would say around. right-handed players, too, that favor their forehand, which there aren't that many top-tier guys that favor their forehand over their backhand. Um, they also wouldn't have a shot. So there'd be a yeah. lot of people that just right off the gate, this course would not suit yeah. their game. I'll but say this. I'll say his 10 down would have been the hot round if I the pro so. tour is in town. But I agree. I mean, he it would have been very close. and no bogeys. And he had one bogey. Oh, one bogey. He uh, bogeyed one of the seven. easier holes. Oh, no. It was, it was 14. Thir- 14. I don't think it's one of the easier holes. We can discuss that at a different time. That yeah. might be a bogey bro banner topic. Yeah, we already have a full video but, um, discussing that coming on our Patreon exclusively. <laughs> 25 minutes of probably what <laughs> it's probably 25 minutes of what you expect debate night to be every week. It's just Brody and I at each other's throats. No, for it was, 25 it was good. It was good. And I'm 16 and two. I think, I think I walked away with the dub. 16. But one thing I do want to talk Don't about. Don't get me started. One thing I want to talk about the battle for Bedford and uh, discuss a little bit, because I think we might actually have differing opinions here is youth players. And this is something that I talked to Connor a little bit about because I played I believe my final round with, man, he could not have been more than 20. He had to have been like 19. Maybe maybe he couldn't even. What, what do you do when you're 18? What can you do when you're 18? Yeah, everything. Go yeah. see a rated R movie? Yeah. Okay. You just can't drink or. So he might you not. You can't even rent a car till you're 25. Yeah, Why so, can't we change so that? So I think when you're over 18, I think. You gotta only, pay fees out I the think, wazoo. I think the only cool thing you can do is go see a rated R movie without your parent, without an adult. Okay, so he might not have been able to do that. He might be 17. Who knows? But um, the question is, there was two players under the age of 20 that were in the top five, I believe, at Balfour Bedford. And there was a decent field here. Do you think players that are winning Junior Worlds, do you think players that are competing and doing really well at a young age, not not 20, not 19. I'm talking about like 15, 14, 16-year-olds, right? Do you think those people, are you like, oh, yeah, for sure, that guy's going to be a stud? Are you confident some. saying that? Some. Okay, explain. Like, why, why some and why it. not? There's some players that you, uh, I don't want to say names, but there's a player no, yeah, in definitely mind. Definitely don't call people out. No, but there's a few players in mind that you can look at them and mm. you can tell that kid or that he's getting close to his ceiling already okay. as a 15 or 14 or whatever year old. You can also see their work ethic of like, mm. he's just crazy talented, but he's not putting in work. And there's other kids um, where they're 15 years old, be able to put up thousand rated rounds pretty consistently. And they don't look like they're trying yet. Like you can tell like his forehand is not even close to as good as it could be. Like, he, you know what I'm saying? but they're just so consistent at what they're doing that you can tell there's a big ceiling to where they're... Because it's true with the older players, too. You can tell when someone's bumping their head on the ceiling mm-hmm. and when they got so crazy much room, room to, grow. to grow. 
See, so I think I think that you can look, but realistically, I think that the world champions of ten years from now mm-hmm. are playing the sport right now. You think they are? Or yes, aren't? I think they are. Okay. So this is this, so this is my take on it. Looking at uh, looking at disc golfers, I think the interesting thing is the the skill level that you can a- acquire by throwing, let's say, 400 feet. You can be really good at disc golf and only throw 400 feet. You will never be able to compete on the Pro Tour only throwing that distance, right? So the question is, is their body, they're going to eventually grow into their body, right? They're going to mm-hmm. continue to uh, go through puberty and all that stuff and get their growth spurts and, and, and finally get into what their adult body, body is. The question is, how is their game going to transfer from them throwing 400 feet to now them throwing or trying to throw 500 feet? And well, I think see, it's very similar in golf where you see kids that at a young age are very talented, very good, but when they have to make that sh- switch from they're swinging right now 70, 80 miles per hour golf swings and they start going to that 110, 115 same thing with throwing right now. Like they might be throwing fifty miles per hour, but I don't now know, they're there's, cranking there's up to seventy. There's a lot 70. of fifteen-year-olds that have elite level distance. A lot. I can name three or four off the top of my head. Yeah, but those might be like the Zion's. Those might be the guys that are just athletic freaks. I that don't know you that many fifteen-year-olds like playing disc golf right now. Like I'm saying, I've met ten, and three or four three of them of the are, are, are throwing five hundred plus feet. Yeah, I mean, it, one of them is Gannon Burr. He just turned. 16, he's a top 20. I would argue when he shows up, he's a top 20 player in the world right now. Well, see, like Gannon Bird, you can tell that that guy's got potential because he's already at a level. I'm I'm not talking about those guys. Gannon Bird is is the... Those are the guys I was talking about. No, Gannon Bird is the unicorn. Gannon Bird is already... In my opinion, Gannon Bird has already proven himself. Yeah. Right? I'm talking about the guys that are like younger than him and are doing more local scene okay. stuff. So I've got a great example for yeah, you. Go it, for it. So you're talking about there is a kid. I wish I knew his name because I want to give him shout outs hardcore right now, but I don't remember his name. He was playing our MJ 18, I believe it was. Uh, I want to say he was only like 14. And the local course, Falling Creek Reds. That's where he shot like 10 under. He shot like 12 four, under. He, I think it was 14 under. down. Yeah. My personal best is like 9 or 10, and that is a good round out there. Mm-hmm. Like. I won a, a local weekly with a nine or a ten mm-hmm. of guys playing it every week. This kid shows up like second round, pops off fourteen down. Yep. I think those are the kids you're talking about. Yes. The kids because, who are, because they're playing courses that yeah. right now suit their game. They're not on tour. If, if they're he, playing local if, smaller stuff. Exactly. And and also if that person, Falling Creek is a short course. Falling Creek Reds, yeah. It's not a long course. So eh, it's got some long holes, but sure. yeah. It's but not if, a pitch and play. But if he went to because Gannon Burke can compete at anywhere. New London, yeah. But if you and even New London is a course that you don't need distance, you don't need distance. You don't need to be able to throw over 400 feet at New London. You yes, don't. you do. No, you don't. Yes, you do. No, you don't. Brody, if you if I can only throw 400 feet, which I can, then on so many of those holes, I have to go distance driver flip up where you're going buzz. No, 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 no. I literally played with someone that had like 400 feet max distance. The the kid, the I think his name is Evan Smith. It was my, is his last name Smith? I don't know. I played with him. He couldn't have thrown or Evan Scott maybe. I think it's I think Evan it's, Scott. I thought it was Yeah, he just won Am Worlds. I think so. Yeah. That's the guy. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's him. It might uh, I think that's him. He was throwing like beautiful flex lines that in my opinion, like if I was throwing those, I'd be terrified of throwing those down the fairways. But he has taught himself 
And as that is his throw to get max distance, and he's very good at it. So he was able to carve out that course. But that's and an shoot. anomaly. No, it's not. That, those normal are the people, people, that, those are the people, people that I'm talking about, though. But normal people who can throw 400 feet are going to struggle way more at New London than someone who can throw 600 feet at New London. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying distance. So you need distance at New London. I'm not saying distance doesn't help. I'm not saying distance doesn't help. For sure, distance helps. So I'm saying you don't need to have elite distance at New London to be able to compete. You need to have elite di distance to compete at that match play tournament. Yes. If you couldn't throw 500 feet at that match play tournament, you had no shot. So that's that's what I was trying to say. Um, but it's gonna be interesting to see. It's gonna be interesting to see how kids progress and will there be like, oh my gosh, this kid's unbelievable. Right. And will they like to see how they go? Yeah. And again, unbelievable on courses that suit his game. Gannon Burr is a different anomaly an anomaly because he is being able to compete really well at every course. Yeah. I'm talking about the guys that are shredding courses they that look are 300, phenomenal they're 350 playing. feet and less. It's the same type of people who are or not same type of people that made me sound like I was saying something bad about people. It's the same type of thing as like players who care a lot about their rating and so are only playing courses that suit their suit rating. Mm -hmm. So they look like a 10-15 rated player yep. and then you throw them on a course that they don't know or is hard and they're like night, night. 980 or something like that. They're night night. So we'll see. I think it's going to be interesting and uh you know, I think that's one I think that's one area of disc golf that I would definitely love to see better coverage um on the media side is, you know, in in college disc golf uh, but also in the youth. I would love mm -hmm. to see. And again, it's not going to. It's not round shot by shot coverage. Yeah, it's not. People, it's, yeah. it's not going to get. Uh, it's not going to be like high school football or, or anything like that. It's not going to get that big. But at least us talking about some up and coming. I think people need. Yeah. When we say media, it can immediately be taken as like post-produced coverage or no, something. No, no, yeah. If you go film collegiate nationals, I think it actually did get filmed this year. Mm hmm. That's not going to get your average people watching. It. I want to hear stories. You need coming to hear the storylines yeah. of hey, Ferris State. This is their third. They won nationals three years in a row. They're going for number four. Mm -hmm. They're they know they had uh, Brendan Tetloff coming into the year. He's out this year. He was their number two player. Where you have a story around Ferris State. That was all true at one point in that. Yeah. Game. Where you have a story around this dynasty, and now you're invested in. Yep. I want to hear what's happening with those players. Yeah. There's a reason. There's a reason why you know, these pay-per-view fighting events that they do all these like backstories weeks, uh, the week before the fight, because if I don't know anything about these two fighters, I'm probably not going to pay attention. But yeah. if I sit down and I watch a 45 documentary about this guy and like, I see his story and his struggles and all the stuff he's overcome, I'm all of a sudden a fan of his. And I'm probably going to tune into the fight. Exactly. So, uh, would love to see more of that stuff like that. Um, all right. So battle for Bedford. Great job. Shout out to Hunter for pulling that bad boy off. Um, I know. I, I am. Know. I am happy. To, well, I'm, it's not fully off my shoulders. I got to get the payouts out, but that's the last yeah, thing. And I need paid, brother. And it's fully off. I my need shoulders. paid, brother. It'll be out um, by Friday. Today feels like Friday to me. I've been, I've been working for like three weeks straight. It just all my days blend together. Liz told me she's like, I can't. Yeah, my car can go in the shop tomorrow. And they're gonna get to when they get to. I'm like, well, don't put it in tomorrow. I'll be there all weekend. She's it's like, actually, it's tomorrow's a, Wednesday. It's actually <laughs> kind of fun though when every day you work, so you there's no difference in between a Saturday and a true. Monday. And, you know, it's, it's hilarious. I love seeing people's faces when like, I have to like sign the date for something or I have to, you know, figure out what day of the week it is. And I literally have no idea. Cause like every day is the same almost. Yeah. Except for debate night, Tuesday debate night. You know, that's how I, that's Eastern. how I keep on my week. Cause I say Tuesday night, that's debate <laughs> night. 
I still got this Monday till Friday. Oh, all right. So let's talk real quick uh, before before we get into the segment that honestly I'm the most excited to talk about. Uh, Let's talk real fast about this whole national tour Music City Open situation um, that you know Paul kind of Paul kind of sent out a couple tweets that got people talking. I know you went on a Reddit uh, Reddit thread, which is. Uh, I, I stay off of Reddit now because you, you, can, just, to go you can just go for days reading I comments enjoy, on there. I enjoy there. reading Reddit comments. Um, but so I'll quickly kind of just say my piece of what I saw uh, from the FaceTime that he gave us. And then I know you got a couple other kind of rumors spreading around that you want to talk about. So I think real quick, a lot of people jump whenever someone says anything bad about any sort of tournament you see a lot of people and it's got to be the locals. It's got to be people that are either help, helping put the tournament on or know someone that are putting the tournament on, or maybe they put a tournament on themselves. They, you merely see this like outcry of like, how dare you say anything bad? These people are working so hard. And it's like, I, at the end of the day, like no one cares how hard you work if the product isn't good. And also, no, it's true. Well, it's true. No, it's true. But you're putting the blame on the wrong people. No, but that's the other thing is you're not even, you're not even, people aren't even blaming those. Yeah. People aren't even blaming those people. Yeah. The course, like it was, it looked like it was mowed. It didn't look like the grass was long. It looked like it was clipped. The baskets for the men were in place. Uh, The weather, if it rains, it rains. You can't control control anything about that. Yeah. The the issue was, and again, maybe this wasn't really um, in Paul's tweet. Maybe this wasn't really voiced that well. The issue was the tournament was not set up well for a tournament two days before. You had pros showing up and being like, "Are we? Is, am, I, I am I in the right spot? Yeah. Are we having? Is this where a tournament's happening? Where's hole one? And I think the real issue here is there has been standards set by the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Yes. Uh, this is what a well-run professional event looks like. I was told there's not even banners out right now. There's not even there's not even T signs. Or like, signage. Uh, or well, there's, like there's hey, T signs, but they're the they're, they're course T signs. They're the original course T signs. They're not T signs that are put in from the tournament. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the thing that no one ever did till the Pro Tour. That's what I'm saying. That's the but thing that these the Pro are, Tour these set are, the standard. Exactly. Of these like, are standards that are being, being set here now. And I think again with the the world's outcry, right? Like. We had four, five, six tournaments, and then we got to Worlds, and everyone's like, this is what we're expecting. And then you get to Worlds, and it's like, wait a second, what's going on? I think that's what's happening right now with the national tour, is the national tour didn't get the memo of, hey, this is the standards of how to run a professional event. And so these pros are showing up. And again, you can't get mad at me, because guess what? I'm not there. So I know a lot of people say that I whine about a lot of stuff and whatever, it's not me. It's every, it's all the other pros that are there. When you set a precedent, when you set like this is what a professional event looks like and you go there and there's nothing, you're going to have people being like, what is going on? Well, the other thing was necessarily like some of the holes on the course itself didn't leave, leave and it didn't live up to the standard that's set by, again, probably the pro tour. Um, but another issue I think is this isn't just an elite series event. This is the national tour finale, which if you rewind back to 2015, 16, 17, this is one of the bigger events of the year back then. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? This is the people are in a battle for the points. Uh, and this tells you this separates. I, I think it used to even have more points in the finale. Don't quote me on that. That could be wrong. But regardless, this was the one that kind of finalized, separated who was getting the national tour bonuses and stuff like that. 
this used to be like the pride and joy of the national tour. And so it was at IDGC, uh, all this stuff, like there was a lot of stuff built around it. They moved it to Music City this year for reasons that I don't fully know. It had been Music City in the past, I think. So I think I they like just the kind of went back. It's a good name. Yeah. Um, but then, like you're saying, you're pulling up to the course on a Tuesday when the event starts in two days. And there's not banners up. There's not signs up. You're trying to find hole one. I heard that the trash cans were overflowing um, on a lot of things. I heard from even people responding in the Twitter thread that there was trash just kind of on the course, which that's kind of hard because that could have been something that was picked up over the weekend. Players came in. That might be a parks and rec have to clean it up. But I think it's one of those things of like at what point at what point should the should the course be in tournament condition and I think it depends on the tier. If this is a B tier, you got to th- get it figured out tomorrow. But I think 2 days in advance, if you're if you're playing the tournament in 2 days, I think you're showing up expecting the course to be ready yeah. to go. If this yeah, this, it, for an elite series, for, for an elite absolutely. series. If it's a B tier or a C tier, day of. Day well, I want to say for day a C of. tier, like a for flex, a C tier, sure, for day a C, of. No one's really coming out and practicing no. for for a B tier, day, day before, before, A yep. tier, I think is the same as Elite Series. Yep. A few days before, it's got to be ready to go. Um, but especially when it comes to Elite Series, a lot of the stuff that were quote-unquote issues that were like not seen as being done were not the local people's fault. No. Like, the, like you were saying, all the pictures I saw, the FaceTime I had, all of this. great. The course's conditions are great. The stuff yeah. the local club did, great. The PDJ needs to own up for their tour. Correct. This is the same thing we saw at Worlds where it was like getting passed off onto the tournament director and to the local crew and like, oh, I don't know how they missed painting these lines. You're coming in, running your, your national tour finale. Your name's attached to it. This isn't the Music City Club national mm-hmm. tour finale. This is the PDGA national tour finale. This isn't... So that's why whenever we say something and people come after us of like defending the local club, I want to defend the local club more than anyone because the local club's name shouldn't be dragged through the mud yeah. over stuff that the PDA has, should be held responsible no, for. No, in my opinion, this has nothing to do with the people in, in Nashville. Has yeah. nothing to do. They, it, from what we saw on Paul's FaceTime, the course looks like it's ready to be played. The problem is, it doesn't look like it's ready to be played at an elite at series an elite event. Level. It literally looks looks look. It looks like it's a good course and that even to go the out distances to play. are confusing. It was. It, it seems like a relatively short course. It seems like it's difficult because of some of the like lines. Sure. Are tough or we'll see. I but I will say this. I I do love a good train wreck. <laughs> I will be tuning in. Oh, I'll be tuning in. And as well. I, we might have to do. We might rumor, have to do. We might have to do either a live companion or we might have to do like a, a little recap or something after the first. The, day. the other rumor. Uh, that I had heard, and this is again, I'm calling it a rumor because uh, I have no way to confirm this because I'm not on the ground. Mm-hmm. Is it seems like that the plan is kind of to move the FPO baskets into the FPO positions. Um, they have one basket for the MPO and FPO. Yeah, is what so it, looks, it seems what like, it looks like for FPO to practice some of the courses that there were marksman baskets and like temporary like pop up practice baskets put out. Trick shot baskets. Yeah, for the FPO. <laughs> to practice yeah that's, that's unacceptable it's not if, a good look. if again i'm not there to confirm that if what is being said about that side is true not a good look absolutely unacceptable because then as a pdga on for the national tour finale you're taking the stance that the mpo is more important yes at this event yes which i mean if, if that is the case and if that is true i hope that that gets publicized a lot more mm-hmm. and i hope a lot more fpo player that's the only reason i'm like iffy on it is because 
that's something Paige Pierce would have called out immediately. And I haven't heard from her. I haven't seen anything from her. Is she at this event? I don't think she's at oh, this event. Oh, that's true. She's boycotting she's National boycotting Tour. National Tour. I still so think someone, it, that's why I'm kind of lenient. I almost didn't want to bring it up because I'm like, that's it's, something an FPO player surely uh, would have said something about. This is where, this is where I also trust the person who sent it to me. Yeah, so. this is where it's really unfortunate because uh, I, I, I get to see a lot of things behind the scenes that are said, but they don't get publicly said. And I wish they did. Um, but this is kind of what I was talking with the chat before we went live. Uh, Paige is there this weekend. I thought she just she got was, confirmed by chat. I thought she said she was boycotting. I think she was boycotting the national tour because of Worlds, but maybe she, she must have she decided to points? play Music okay. City. Interesting. She signed um, up last week. Oh, so maybe something changed in the last week. But I think, I, I, I do think right now disc golf pros are in a weird spot because, you know, we were talking a little bit about like, would a pro call in tonight? Is a pro going to call in tonight and, and maybe stir some things up with me? I, the, the thing is, is like a lot of people, they don't want to ruffle any feathers. Yeah. Right. And unfortunately, I think sometimes you do have to ruffle ruffle feathers to let people know what's going on. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. Well, that's the thing. So back to the basket thing. Uh, I know Haley King is there, and now it appears Paige Pierce is there. I have a hard time believing neither of them said anything if that basket thing is the case. So hey. it's something to keep an eye on. But that yeah. is what I have been told is the case. I like, haven't checked that Paige's is what Instagram story today, so we w- we would have heard. You think so? Yeah. Okay. So so we'll see. It's definitely may- something to keep. That's why I kind of wanted to make sure we did we did have photos of we have photos of those baskets of those baskets on the course. Yes, but I just but we we'll, have, we'll I, leave it at that. Yeah. We'll see if there's more information that comes of it. All right, we're gonna go now into uh, quite possibly my favorite newest uh, segment. Oh, heck yeah. And shout out to Prize Picks, our first sponsor for debate night. Heck yeah. If you haven't heard of Prize Picks yet, uh, you're going to want to listen and tune in. Yeah. Uh, I don't think me, Hunter, and Trevor have been more excited about something in a long time to talk about um, because Disc Golf finally has daily fantasy. Uh, something that we've been, we were talking, I, I know I was talking a little bit about it on my Twitter about man, if we can get a little bit of action in disc golf, I think it would it would bring new eyeballs for sure. And then also what we were talking about earlier about how some people might not be interested in a tournament or because of the course or whatever, you start doing daily fantasy and now all of a sudden people want to win that money. Um, so the game is actually very simple. You're gonna basically pick over or under on players' stats to win a multiple uh, of your entry fee. Uh, right now, they currently just have strokes up. So we'll kind of go over that a little bit. Uh, but soon they're going to be adding birdies, finishing place, mm. and also FPO will be added. They, they, they should have FPO added by Friday. Oh, for the Music City? So, yes. Oh. So uh, this can be really, really exciting situation going on. And uh, basically what you have to do is you have to combine two players to make an entry. So you can't just pick one person. You have to pick two players and the more players you pick in your entry, the higher the payout. So if you want to, you know, just be kind of eh, iffy on it, pick two. If you really want to go all out, you can pick five. Five player power um, play all the way. And and you can and you can really see uh, see some big moves happening. Um, and uh, if you guys want to play at home, you can use the code debate D E B A T E, 
and new users will get 100% first deposit match up to $100. So essentially, if you put $20 in, they'll match you up $20 right there. Boom, you're ready to go. And we're going to do basically a little competition between... We're going we're gonna to test it out this week and see how it goes. We're going to do a little competition between me, Hunter, and Trevor, where we basically will pick three people, okay, over or under on three people, and then we get to decide whether or not we want to do the flex play or the power play. If we do the flex play, we only have to have two of the three entries hit. If you do the power play... Flex play, you can get one. No, you have to hit two. Yeah. Oh, my phone says. No, two. Oh, out of three. Out of yeah, three. I'm out looking, of three. I only have two on my screen right now. You're yeah, right, if you miss... Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Because we're picking three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the power play, all three of yours have to hit. Um, so, but if they do... But if they do, you get five extra entry. Okay, and uh, the flex play, if they all hit, you get 2.25x. So, like, it, you know, you still get a decent kick. You got to balance but, it. But it, uh, Trevor did say he's going power play all the Trevor, way. Yeah, Trevor said he's a power play guy. I, I, he could easily end up. There's going to be. There will be events. end up zero. There will be events. This is not one of them for me. There will be events that I am a power play guy. Hardcore. I'm not going power play because I don't know that much about this course. That's why, that's that's why, why I'm this not I'm going not going power, power play. play. Trevor's crazy. We, have, so, we all know Trevor's crazy. So I, what we're going to do, I'm going to give you guys my three picks, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, and then I'm going to give you, we're also going to go and give you our, what we call our parked picks. Our parked picks are absolutely 100%. You're, you're going to hit it. Yeah. it it's, it's going to happen. Locked uh, in. Uh, the freaky picks are the, I don't know what's going on. This is this is if you want to get freaky. Yeah, um, and I'm gonna give all three. Hunter's gonna give those two, and then he's gonna save his third one for grip locked yeah, my, when you and Trevor well, kind of go through each one. My freaky pick is not in my three because I wasn't. I'm not getting oh freaky my gosh. this week. Oh no! So I have a freaky pick. My freaky pick is in. I have my locked pick, and I have my freaky pick. <laughs> yeah, but I do not have my freaky pick. I'm not. Oh, I'm not. I'm not getting freaky. Okay. Week one. It's week one. I can't get so, freaky right now. So I'll just talk real quick. You go through your three. Yeah. I'm gonna give my three I, on. It's a par. On so it's a par 58. Okay. And right now they have Paul and Ricky at the lowest at 49. I'm gonna first tell you right now. I do not like the even numbers. I am not a fan because 49 means that they had to shoot Paul has to shoot 48. Yeah. If he shoots a 49, I'm in. Eh. So I love these half numbers. So I'm going to go ahead and say my parked pick and someone that is due is going to be Kevin Jones, 50.5, over. Oh, thank goodness. Going the I over. thought you were crazy. I thought you were crazy. Going over. You thought I was going under? I thought you were going for the under. I'm going over 50.5 with Kevin Jones. I just don't think, um, you know, I don't think this course is going to be – I think it's going to take some time for these guys to figure it out. I, I don't believe he played this course last year, if I'm correct. And, uh, you know, from some of the holes that I saw from Paul and some of the distances and stuff, I don't know how well it's going to suit his game. So I think Kevin Jones, 50.5 over, is, is the uh, parked pick. All right, I'm going to do the, you better than a parked pick. This, I am so confident in this. This, is, this isn't even a parked pick. This is a CTP for the tournament. Oh, this guy, since the year started has just been waiting for some tender Tennessee disc golf. <laughs> I am so confident in the Chris Dickerson under. They have the line at 50 under. This dude, He's coming out. Round one, I, he's shooting a 48. 
He has been waiting for Tennessee disc golf the didn't entire year. Did you just year. tell me that he shot the lowest round last at four? No, eight, he didn't even shoot the lowest round. No, he's right? 49 last he year. He shot 49 last year. This course is a new year. This is a new year, a new Chris. I heard they made the course harder. New year, new Chris. Under. This guy lives for Tennessee disc golf. Okay. The, he's going to know this course better than anyone else out there. I am. I am. When I saw that, I was. That's my first. That was the first pick on both screens. I said, that's my lock pick, and that's my. In my th- in my three. All right, my freaky pick uh, is none other than Nico. I feel Whoa. like I feel like he's he. he I, this is gonna be interesting because this gives us we don't have the same picks. Again, I was scared I was showing up with the same picks. Oh no, no 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 no! Obviously we're not gonna have the same picks. Uh, we might some weeks, but yeah. this week we definitely don't. Um, fifty one point five is what he had is is at right now. You like the point five? I just think this course potential again. I love the point fives. I love giving that half stroke. I I think this course has potential to frustrate him uh especially i i heard that there are a handful of holes that are like must get birdies so it's one of those courses that if you do not get those birdies on those holes it can really kind of i think it's gonna mess with him a little bit i'm going over i'm going over 51.5 that's your freaky i I think i think he's gonna come out first round and probably shoot five under that is that is a tough one um that is a tough one my freaky, you know, it could have made it into my picks. I'm just not quite. I'm not week one. I went a little safer. Uh, I do have a. I do have one pick that's going to surprise people. I think when I reveal them on Grip Locked on Thursday, but that's regardless. <laughs> I'm going with the Emerson Keith. Ooh, his lines at 52. I'm taking. I the, looked at that. I'm taking the Emerson that. Keith under. Under, yeah. Because last year. The last he went fifty six round one, which scared me, scared me hard. Rounds two and three, he went fifty one fifty one. So, what do you think he's got the course figured out? <laughs> the other, the other thing, the other thing of why I'm not. He's also coming off high with the match play. Sure, Taking but he's also last year. Last year, I think Emerson was having a slightly better year than he is this year. Yeah, he's due. If you're if you're feeling if you're like you know what. This is my week. I'm feeling freaky this week. I think Emerson Keith, the under, I'm not going to call it a great pick, but I think it's a pick worth looking at because he's okay. definitely capable of that shooting better than 52. He did it twice last year. He he can, and he just might do it again. But the Chris Dickerson, I I mean, I don't know if I've ever been more confident in something in my life. So there you go. Those are our, uh, our picks for uh, this week. Again, you can use the code DEBATE. And uh, new users will get 100%. That's 100% free deposit matchup to $100. Again, use the code DEBATE. Prize picks. You can go on either the website or you can download the app. Uh, and I think it's just, honestly, now, like, I was a little bit interested in looking, uh, uh, paying attention to this event, mainly just because of what Paul was talking about. But now, obviously, I'm really going to be paying attention. I will definitely be having these players start. Um, yeah, I'm going to be uh, refreshing my and, and seeing my how they go. You disc to see we we don't have as of right now. We do not have. Uh, I mean, we can maybe figure it out right now. What what do we want to do with the winner? We don't have that yet. Well, this show, the winner. You're talking about for the three. Yeah, for the for for overall, because we're going to do this. We're going to do this each week. So it's going to be. It should be three weeks of this. So essentially nine picks. Yeah. We got to track it. And What's the winner? It's more fun if you put something for the loser. We'll decide by grip locked. Okay. Uh, and a reminder, it's prizepicks.com if you want to play along. And what was the... Someone else said, I'm, I'm liking Emerson under 52.5 round one. So... Oh, is it, has the line changed at 52.5 now? 
It might have. When has I, it changed? When I, would you get? Would you lock it I in? I said at? it. I locked it in at fifty-two. I was feeling oh, confident it's gone at fifty-two. Up. If it's at fifty-two point five, well, I mean, it's, I might, it's going the. It's I might going the to, wrong way. That's not. That's, no, that's better for me. No, it's not. I know it's not technically. No, you're locked in at fifty-two. Oh wait, no, that is better than you. That is better for you because that means everyone's picking the under. Yeah, 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 you're yeah, right. yeah. Okay, okay. All right, Price Picks. Shout out to them. Uh, go check it out, man. I think this is. I think this is incredible. I think this is something that disc golf uh, definitely needs for sure. I think it's going to add a lot of excitement. I'm excited for it, and uh, I can't wait. What so. are your three picks? I didn't even say my last one. I mean, unless I missed it. The world champ, James Conrad. Under 51, baby. Oh, He's shooting the 40s. Mm. He's shooting the 40s. I read that. I thought about it. I just You don't like it? I wasn't feeling it. I, I, think, this, I think this course is going to be so to many me, putter shots. This, it's going to be so many putter shots. I went a little off stats, a lot off of gut. My gut was not feeling James Conrad. No, I think he's playing pretty well right now. I did get to watch a little bit of him in the match play. So I think three. he's playing pretty good. I got James Conrad under 51. I got Nico over 51.5, and I got Kevin Jones over 50.5. I have none of those. Well, there you go. We'll see how it plays I'm out. I'm very interested to see Trevor's picks. Trevor and I were texting a little bit without revealing information because we wanted to surprise each other, and I think we were thinking the same page on a few things. All right. What does Twitter think? It's time. Oh, I think this is what everyone's ready for. I'm excited for this. What does Twitter think my worst takes are? Okay. So here we go. We've got uh, Aaron saying added cash at Worlds is some conspiracy. All right. We've got Nathan saying complaining about ball golf versus golf, <laughs> which I love how you said ball golf versus golf. Wait, I'm so confused about that. Playing about ball golf versus golf? Maybe ball golf. For, okay. Oh, he's Stop saying ball golf itself. versus. No, oh, no, no. The, the, the I think phrasing, he's saying the phrasing. The phrasing. The phrasing. Yeah. For a second, I, was, I thought he was going ball golf versus disc golf. But I think he's just going off of me saying, stop calling it ball golf. It's not a real sport. Um, we got Carson saying that talking about disc choice shouldn't be a thing because other sports don't. No other sports have literally thousands of different options to use as your main tool, weapon, equipment. So me talking about how commentators should stop saying specifically the name of the disc and rather they should actually tell you it's a flippy fairway driver. Here's Steph it's Curry lining up in his Under Armour shoes for the three <laughs> with the Spalding ball. And it goes in the Wilson rim. Yeah. like. Um, uh, and then we've got, uh, I don't even, Vin, V Divinity, I believe. Uh, I hope this guy calls in. I hope all these guys call in. And I did respond to a lot of them saying, hey, debate night, call in. The number is going to be showing up on the screen shortly. Silas, you got that potentially? Okay. Size, you could probably throw the number up now just so people can see it because we're going to jump in there real quick. Don't answer a call that um, comes in yet. So if you guys want, uh, just wait, but you can have the, have the calls going. Uh, he said uh, that you're good. Oh, that I'm good? No, that I'm good. Oh, that you're good. Okay. Which I don't know if I've ever actually said I'm good at disc golf. No, more, a lot more of than times any I say you've I'm said you're trash. bad. Yeah. So uh, that's interesting. However, at the end of the day... If you ask me, are you good at disc golf? I would, I would resoundly say yes. I well, I am. think it's where you define the line of good. It's because, like, I would say I'm good at disc golf. I, I mean, are there? Like, I mean, how many good players of, in disc golf are there? Well, that's 20? where you're, that's where you're defining the line. Yeah, that's if you saying. think there's only 20 players that are good at disc golf in the entire world, then yes, I am not good at disc golf. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you think there's a hundred good players of disc golf in the world, then yes, I am good at good disc golf. Yeah, that's, and if you think there's Five, ten thousand good players, Are and yeah, I'm good at disc Are golf. Are you in there? Okay. 
I didn't know where you're gonna place yourself. All right. What is your world? What is your world ranking? Okay. I think I was in the top uh, hundred in Virginia, so there's that. <laughs> um. All right, and then we got Tyler saying that announcers should not root for discs to hit baskets or go in. That was a big one. Uh, not displaying slash talking about the disc the players throwing. That was a repeat. Probably shouldn't even said that. Sorry. And then James, the last one we got is comparing it way too much to golf. Like I get the concept of disc golf came from golf, but we don't have to ha make every single thing the exact same. I don't see the problem of using some golf terms and repurpose repurposing them for disc golf. So that that's that's have you ever that's a good have one. you ever has your stance ever been everything from golf should come to disc golf? No. Okay. I was gonna debate you if that was the case, but No. I think there I are, didn't think so, but like I think there are some there's a lot of things that disc golf do does right now that golf doesn't do that is good. And then there are What are some of those? Uh, I would oh gosh, well, let me think. Give me a second. I'm saying that would be good I mean, for people to hear. Yeah, I mean, I would say like here's stuff that disc so golf's doing that I, I would keep doing. I would say right now for like the smaller tournaments, there isn't as much like crowd control in the sense that player like uh, fans can kind of roam around a little bit more. It's not as strict. Um, I would say that uh, a lot like just the cost of things, right? The cost of getting in. A mm. lot of tournaments are free to get into. The ones that do cost money, you're not paying for parking as well. So th the cost of going to an event is also way cheaper. Um, I would say the way that they, the way that they actually do have live coverage and post-produce, that's not something that golf really has. Um, but it, I think in the social media world, I think that works really well. I just don't like it that it's not under the umbrella of the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Um, and then I'd probably say like some of like the actual rules that apply to disc golf. I mean, I would have to think about it, but there are rules that obviously aren't the same. Yeah, like they, they've been like catered towards you, disc golf. Yeah, you can't do those rules in golf, but you can do them in disc golf. So, I mean, there are things for sure, uh, but I don't know. So, yeah. It's thought it'd be good to hear that. Hunter time. did put me on the spot there, but I feel like I, I feel like I bounced out of it a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, I was just saying. you Bounced you, out of it. I've never heard you say that there's things that disc golf does that – you know, is good that golf doesn't do. So I was just curious what those things were. Maybe I should just be a little more positive, man. Well, I think if... Maybe if I, every once in a while, you're, sprinkling a little positivity. If your negative take came with a... Positive take? But not I every hate time. That. I hate not that, Not every though. time. I hate when people... You don't, you don't have to compliment sandwich your Twitter followers. I hate but that. But if, if you were like, look, I will give props to the Pro Tour. They're doing this right, but gosh, can we please address this? I hate that, though. I think sometimes it's necessary. No, I'm good. I'm good when you need to say it. So that way, like Paul's situation, if Paul would have said, hey, listen, I, the course looks great. It's, it's really nicely to, done. To direct the To know that right it's direction. not that. But, hey, it's not set up for an elite series. That, I think it's okay. I don't want to say, Hunter, you're a super nice guy, dude. Like, you've always been a really good friend. I think you're really awesome. You're funny. Um, but you suck at ping pong. I thought you were going to say, but you're just not built for trick shots. <laughs> oh, I should have. I should have. Uh, I, I think, you know, it is. I, I am a, I'm a pretty positive person. If you know, like if you've been around me in person, I feel like I'm decently positive. Uh, but if it's also one of those things that if you seek out certain things about someone or you have this like mindset of who someone is, then those are the only things that are really going to stick out to it. Yeah. So, sure. I mean, I feel like if you look at my Twitter feed right now, I mean, I have, I have, I was, I feel like in the last couple of weeks, I've posted stuff about like Haley King, 
I've posted like eagle shots. You've I've done posted, a lot of positive. I posted stuff, Paul yeah. winning. Like I, if you look at my Twitter feed, I post a lot of good stuff. But if you're looking specifically for the negative, well, it's just that negative gets shared beyond just. Your also, Twitter. hey, shout out to Marwee's Cookie uh, for calling out this shirt, the polo Funny for the name. night. I feel like I, I feel like I've went tropical tonight. Hopefully, you guys are uh, that are watching this are enjoying the uh, the polo choice. Um, no one cares how hard you try. No one cares how nice you are in person. All right, I think we're ready for some calls. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not. I don't, I don't have anything I, to debate I, you with. I feel like I really on those, on those takes. I feel like I really did a good job of like building up people that actually call because our biggest complaint that we've had, other than like don't do giveaways because we got some of that, but our biggest complaint we've had. <laughs> Who complains about a giveaway? People are upset that we are like making people leave a review. Not making people, but giving doing a giveaway for people that rate. If you don't want the disc, don't leave a review. Yeah, whatever. But uh, the other thing was like we're answering questions. People are calling in. Yeah. Like this is not like a. Uh, this hey, isn't a Q and A. Hey, uh, I'm having really hard problems with my like girlfriend right now. Um, she just doesn't seem like I'm not. I'm not trying to give relationship advice out here. I want someone. Has that happened? Have I missed that phone call? No, no, no that hasn't <laughs> happened yet. But I, but I, I, I it could, yeah. it could. Uh, we're looking for people that all those topics. If you, if you agree with those people, uh, or or anything that we've talked to outside, we're looking for people that literally disagree with something that either Hunter has talked about, I have talked about. We're not really looking for. Hey, what do you guys think about this? So hopefully those people call in and uh, we got our the first lines call. are now open. We got our first caller. The lines are now open, so feel free to call in. All right, Silas. Uh, we'll Silas will cue us when we have a when we have a caller. All right, have, someone's called in. Here we caller. go. The Rolling number in. the number is online. All right, we should be good. All right, hello. Hey, how's it going? Who who we got here and where are you from? This is Spencer from Nashville. Na oh. Got okay. someone from Nashville. Lo local to the tournament. Here we go. How you doing, man? Oh, doing good. I, I tweeted you earlier today. How you doing, man? I'm chilling, man. Yeah, I uh, I just didn't appreciate the, the disrespect uh, that you and Paul McBeth had on uh, the disc golf community in Nashville uh, due to the, I mean, the fact that all these guys put on a bunch of work there and uh, for him to not put in context what was going on and all that I just felt like it was not good for the community, so well, okay. I just want to hear your what, thoughts on that. Well, what did I specifically say? I guess I guess the thing is, is I, in my opinion, it is kind of open to interpretation, which we talked about. And, a and that's the issue. I yeah, think, is we talked to a little interpretation. Sure, and I, I think we talked about that a little about a little bit tonight. That it probably should have been worded a certain way to to kind of direct it to the PDGA, but at the same time, like I. I agree with you that it should have been worded differently, but I also disagree with you that what I said was attacking the community of Nashville. Like I never, yeah. like nothing, like if you really wanted to read it that way, you would have to kind of stretch it to, to make it sound like that. But from my tweet, I don't think it really goes, like I, I didn't call out and say, hey, all you local people in Nashville, get your course up to snuff, you know? Sure. Like, yeah, but I agree you with you that it should have. At the same time, you you quote tweeted him and then put like a laughy face that it was a whatever kind of a joke in a sense. When people in Nashville have been looking forward to this tournament for over a year now, 
Uh, I know I've had it. I took off vacation just to come watch it. So Mm -hmm. to kind of see all that stuff that goes on today, they kind of. Well, can I ask, can I ask you a question real quick? Can I I flip flip it a little bit? So are you more upset that Paul tweeted that out and I retweeted it? Or are you more upset that the PDGA isn't putting on a good event in Nashville? No, I, I don't think that, that the PDGA is not putting on a good event. I, I've played those courses. My, mine is Mill Creek. I've never played people, that. Mill Ridge. People had no idea one. where to go during I the practice that, round. There was no, I, there was no signage. I don't discredit that. I don't discredit that. I think that, yes, that should have been put together. But I also think that the pros need to do a better job of conveying what they're talking about versus just putting a uh, something out there that isn't accurate because the course is a great course i've played it plenty of times and i think the people in nashville love that course so uh, i don't know i just uh i felt like it wasn't a good a telling story i mean we didn't really dive into it that much on twitter um i'm actually going back to see exactly what i said uh so i think if i could go back in time um, see, this is where it's tough because Paul added the PDGA and said, is this for real? So he's already directing his, I guess you could say like, not concern, but what his, dis- not disgust, but I don't know what the word is, but he's, di- he's already, yeah, he's already directing it towards the PDGA. And, and th- this was also another comment that, or another thing that we discussed at one point that fun courses like there's a lot of fun courses in Dallas that I love playing that have no business being on the elites, like an elite series event, right? Like my favorite course in Dallas is Dash's track. The longest hole is 300 feet. The average hole is probably 175 feet. Love that course. Has no business being a national tour event, a disc golf pro tour event or anything like that. So I think Paul's big disgust, I guess almost, is Paul's definitely trying to push events to become more professional and, and to set a standard of what a elite series event looks like. And I think when he showed up and saw that there was nothing set up yet, there was, there was no ounce of like an actual event is happening here in two days. And then again, it's not a knock on the course. It could be the best course in Mas- Nashville, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's good for an elite series event. Same thing as how everyone was trashing the course at uh, the match play event because it's on a golf course. That might be a really fun course to play, but to watch, it might not be that fun to watch. So I think that I, I agree with you. If I could go back in time, maybe in my tweet, instead of saying course where I said this course is and then smile, uh, laughing face, I could, I could have probably redirected that again back to the PDGA so there wasn't a confusion of where I'm saying, I guess. Well, I've got a, I've got a question. Yeah, go for it. So you, you were like involved pretty heavily with like the Nashville community leading up to this event? No, no, not myself. I, I'm a big member of the disc golf community here in Nashville. I did not help out, but I know the guys that did help out. Yeah. They, they did a, a lot of work there. And oh, like absolutely. Said, we've all been looking forward to this event for a while. Absolutely. So. What I was going to ask, though, is do you happen to know when the PDGA's feet like got on the ground? Like, When did the PDGA show up to get this course 
like with the banners and advertising directional signs the stuff that they're bringing in that you know you guys don't have control over uh where it's like it's on them to set the course up because i think to me that's what looked like it was lacking when when sure, were they but, on the ground but, to get that stuff set up sure that's a fair question but at the same time uh we've been dealing with the tropical storm here in nashville uh over the past four days it's been raining heavily um and really you've not been able to do anything if you all have been checking out the weather there so it's been been pretty bad and it's going to be bad for the next day or so too so i mean these guys are doing all they can out there from from what i'm seeing and i just felt well yeah and i, I know, explained it a little better yeah i know me personally like because yeah. yeah. I, I personally i've put on i've never put on an event of this scale yeah. but like i would also if someone would have came out to which is slightly different because we're the one putting on the events. Mm -hmm. Like it's our name in the title versus the PDGA's name in the title. But if someone would come out to New London and said something about the course, I would have stood up and been like, "Heck no, you're not saying something." These guys, like the the Bedford Parks and Rec crew, yeah, incredible. Yeah, but at the same time, same thing can be said at, at Worlds with the Fort and different stuff like that, where it, when the PDGA's name is on the title, that's, it, the that's, the fact that it's ever yeah. a question of it's on the local community is crazy to me. It should never because be. This should not be the local community or the local TD's responsibility at all. Yeah. The PDJ needs to be doing more for their national tour to where they're showing up three to four weeks in advance to be like, hey, local community, what can we do to help you mm -hmm. do X, Y, and Z? What can we do to make sure that banners are out, that all this stuff that we're bringing, it's our responsibility. What can we do to help make that easy on y'all versus you guys getting the course in perfect condition as good as you can with storms coming through and everything, but then the PDGA dropping the ball, and then it makes the local community feel unappreciated and feel like people are coming after them when that's not the intention. Yeah, and, I, and, I'll, yeah. and I'll say this, two, two things. One, I think a lot of players have also seen Jeff Spring like at the forefront of making sure things are correct. If something is wrong, he's out in the course getting it done, like getting his hands dirty and getting it done. And so when they don't see the PDGA doing the same, it, it leaves a bad taste in their mouth. And then the second thing I'll say is when I tweet sometimes, I kind of feel like everyone that's going to read this tweet knows where my mind is coming from. And that's probably not fair. And I should probably try to do a little bit better of context. But like people know that I've been on the PDGA with worlds and other things, national tour events and stuff. And so when this kind of happened just in my head that's what i assumed everyone would also assume that the tweet was about the pdga and not about the locals i, I the fact that locals do as much as they do to disc golf courses absolutely blows my mind so like those are the people that are really getting a lot of the work done the volunteers that come out to do all this stuff like, it's absolutely incredible how many people will come out and do that. It's when the PDJ has their number, their, their name on there, and when something goes wrong, it just seems to be where they even sometimes be like, well, sorry, we had no control. They're like, oh, we just they, got here. We don't know. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't get it done. Yeah, where it so, should fall on the PDJ. So, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of what I'm, I'm saying. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. The tweet probably should have been worded differently. Yeah, no, and I appreciate it. Thanks for clearing it all up. And like I said, I've, I've been looking forward to this event for a, a while, and I know a lot of other people have been as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, we do uh, appreciate you all. And I just wish, like we said, maybe the, the tweet was worded better, but I think in the future it'll all go better. And uh, appreciate you all's time. And Yeah, hey, we appreciate you calling in, man. Discussion. 
Yeah. Hopefully yep. you have a good turn. Uh, enjoy the tournament. Yep. Absolutely. All Thank right, man. You. Take care. It, it kind of almost kind of goes a little bit too. Whenever I like do talk about like a tournament and I'm like, uh, this is what, this is what should happen or should change. And people are like, no, B tiers shouldn't do that. Or my local C tier. And it's like, I'm not talking about local C tiers. I'm talking about yeah. the disc golf pro tour. Sa same kind of thing as when I do, when I say something about a tournament, I'm never attacking a volunteer that's see, supposed that's to be the, told yeah. what the volunteers are supposed to be told what to do. Yeah. They're not supposed to be like, Hey, there's a tree I think over that's here. That's the biggest issue is for years, uh, the top level of our sport has been ran by local communities where the pro tour changed that stigma, right? To where the pro tour is going to come in and like I have played Idlewild. I couldn't tell you who ran Idlewild. I couldn't tell you the TD of Idlewild. It's mm. probably technically Jeff Spring in a way. But if there's an issue, players have an avenue where they go directly to the Pro Tour mm -hmm. and the Pro Tour fixes that issue. The local community gets the course ready, the parks are wrecked, mows the course and gets the course looking good. But the Pro Tour comes in and the Pro Tour takes, it, takes care of it. Yeah. And the Pro Tour also takes all the heat for it. They roll out the red carpet, and if something goes bad, it's on it's the Pro on Tour. Them, you so. never hear a Pro Tour event where people are coming after the local community. And it, I think the reason that it feels like that at PDGA events is the second heat starts coming, the PDGA seems to go into the shadows, and yep. it's like the local community is left to fend for themselves and fight their own battle. And we saw the exact same thing at Worlds, and that just ticks me off because, like, that's what I was saying at Worlds is like, I don't want to run a PDGA event. Mm -hmm. I'd love to run a Pro Tour event because the Battle for Bedford, if something goes bad, I would personally, after what I've seen this year, feel like the PDGA didn't have my back. Is I would the PDGA feel like, technically volunteers? Did I attack volunteers by attacking the PDGA? No, I feel like no. they get paid. The PDGA average salary. They get paid. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. Um. Thank the, you, Silas. We got another one. Yeah. Do we have another call? Bring him in. Let's go. Oh, no calls. Call. Feel free to call back in. Maybe that first call scared people away. That first, like, call, that first call was actually that good. That first call brought the energy. I liked it. That was good. I liked it. That's what we're looking for. Manita and Falling Creek look great for the battle for Bedford. And oh, that, Todd. Appreciate it, brother. That's all, all Bedford. I'm excited about Bedford County Parks and Rec. I'm excited about going back out to Manita. Manita's a great course. I played it once, it and I was absolutely... This was like the second well, or see, third that's the other thing is like trash. What I was saying is like the battle for Bedford, if there was heat... It would be properly directed to me and the, it realistically just directed to me. But um, because I, it was our name on the tournament. It mm. was us running and hosting the tournament. Call not working for me for some reason. Uh, can you flat? Is the number back on the screen? Um, but when it's like an event like the PDJ National Tour Elite Series finale, then it's a whole different story. Because like if the banners, if the feather banners weren't up and you didn't know where to go, I was the one that hammered those into the ground. I think also you know getting all that, it's one of those things that I would love to see. Do we got a call or no? Okay. Uh, just let us know if someone calls it. I think it's one of those things too that I would love to see where right now disc golf events are very when the actual competitive play starts. Yeah. Right? I would love to see it drawn out a little bit more to where there's stuff going on on Wednesday. There's stuff going on on Tuesday to where it kind of gets the, the, the hype around and, and also builds a little bit to where maybe some people are like, hey, what's going on in town? Like, what's happening? And, and maybe showing up. So uh, a lot of people are saying the call is not working. Well, it's, I think it's because if someone's on it, like if someone calls, then it's not. We're getting a lot of voicemails being left. So I think people are trying to call in, but it's not working potentially. Should I just like pick a voicemail and just hear their topic and we can talk about that for a second? <laughs> oh, we, no, got, we got a call. We got one. We got one. Okay. 
So I think a lot, maybe too many people are calling. Maybe in. maybe we're getting too many calls in. Are right, we live? We need, we, hello. Oh, how's we're it good. going? What's up, guys? Who we who we got on the phone? Hey, this is Josh from Texas. Hey, what's going on? Uh, I don't know if it's like necessarily an argument, but I just want to talk a little bit about the uh, the whole post-produced stuff. I think that I think it needs a little more credit than you guys are giving it. How? What do you mean? How so? So <clears throat> I was just looking up like the NFL, the NFL on YouTube. Uh huh. Just just alone, week one from let's say the Cowboys or something, it has five million views, and that's just the highlights with no commentary, nothing. Yep. And the actual viewership is maybe fourteen million of the live. So if you five talk games? about if you talk about putting somebody on the commentary, like two two or three like major NFL pros. Mm-hmm. Those those views would go up. Wait, do you think do you think we don't like post production? No, I think you I think you do, but the, I also hear you guys say I never watch post produced. Well, I mean, I think I it, personally don't. Well, I yeah, I think it just. I mean, I actually watch it to get ready for a course, so I use it a lot to like watching film to see what other players like. I will be watching over the next couple of weeks a lot of USDGC coverage to see how players attack different holes. Um, so that's how, how that's how the, how I consume it. Now I think some people will prefer post produced, and some people will prefer watching it live. I've never I've never said post produced should go away. Um, I think maybe there's different ways of of being creative and having like you know like like you said a highlights package or potentially even like having um, let's say Calvin shoots the course record right, having a video that goes up that's seven minutes long. And it's literally every single sh- shot from Calvin shooting the course record. Nothing else. I think people would love watching that stuff, and people would love consuming that stuff. My my whole thing is, uh, where did you, where did you go to see those highlights? Uh, just you just go on YouTube and you look at the view count. You can see. No, no. You know, what what YouTube channel? Uh, NFL, the actual NFL YouTube channel. And that's my point. Yeah. That you didn't so, you didn't go to some random company, you went to the NFL. No, so no, so that but, what? No, I, I see what you're saying with that with the whole. I mean, that's all. That's the whole money side of things. I don't even know how you would solve that. Well, no, problem. it's 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 a it's a com- it's a it's a company side of things. And again, again, right, yeah. my my point is, I've seen I've seen this firsthand where people are uh, people at the beginning of the season told me that. They, even though I don't think I actually ever made it on Jomez, but they said, can't wait to see you on Jomez when that would never have, like, if, if I was an NFL football player going into my first season, they never would have said, hey, can't wait to see you on Fox. They would have said, can't wait to see you in the NFL. Can't wait to see you play an right. NFL game. So I think that's just, well, it's, it's then just. That's, that's, that's fair too then for the disc golf pro tour also, isn't it? Because isn't it not necessarily the like the official disc golf entity itself i don't know what that means the disc golf like, pro tour isn't is the, the PD, pro tour. isn't the pdga the actual the actual no. disc golf association well, for, the, for a long time the pdga was the like the thing but the pro tour has become like the the go-to tour which would be similar to like 
the NFL. The only sport you can really compare it to would be like a golf situation where there there's, is there's a other the governing there's, body. There's a governing body that, that is the like PDGA, right. and yeah. then there's the tour that mm-hmm. is the Pro Tour. So yeah, and then and then also just the point of just live versus versus streaming anything right now. Yeah, music, TV, movies. I mean, literally everything is consumed post basically. Except, I mean, there for are except for sports, people who still have TV, but except I, I haven't sports. had cable for who knows how long. Yeah, except for sports. The biggest thing with sports, I think, right. is is it's a moment that happens that in other sports, like like I always go to the Duke Carolina game. If when Austin Rivers, you might not know Duke Carolina basketball, but when Austin Rivers hit the shot years ago, the buzzer beater winner, if I missed that moment then I don't care about it because I missed it live. Every, like you remember right. where you were at when a great sports moment happened. Mm-hmm. And in, like in disc golf, again, the James Conrad shot, if we only had that on post-produced coverage, everyone's going to be experiencing it at different times, and then we're going to miss that hype boost, right? That, that yeah. everyone blowing I mean, up on I Twitter, stuff like that. I saw it live, so I couldn't imagine having to see it post-produced, but... Just, just I don't know, because I mean, when even when you look at the views on Jomez compared to the disc golf pro tour, I the mean, disc you got, golf what, pro maybe twenty. Yeah, but the disc golf pro tour, the disc golf pro tour would get those views if all those uh, if all well, the post produced was on their channel. Yes and no. A big part is the live coverage has to improve no, no, no. quality. Post produced. Oh, you're if, saying the post produced if, if it was they, on their channel? If yeah, they yeah, yeah, yeah. if they hired a post production team to film and post on their thing, and the reason why I know that is go to Central Coast, go to Central Coast who has way or go to GK and that has way less subscribers and hasn't been around yeah. nearly as Jomez. And when they get a final card at a big event, look at the views and tell me that they're not that similar. So it's the whole thing of where the view the view count is awesome, and and Jomez has shown that. When they don't film, uh, when they don't film, um, you know, they, they have their practice rounds. GK yeah. GK Pro has their skins matches. These these uh, media companies have proven that they can post content outside of actual competitive uh, post production and get views. So it's not yeah, like but should what? should the DGPT take over that role from like a Joe Mez or a GK yes. Pro? Just because they can, so even though if they wanted Jomez to, has basically created something that wasn't even there to begin with. Well, I don't think Jomez was the first. I think Terry Miller was the first. No, no, one I, to mean, do I mean, there's a lot of older stuff. Disc Golf Planet, Disc Golf Planet, yeah. Something back in the day, they were the like, first. They were the they first the ones to probably do it well. They were the first yeah, ones to yeah. do it well. Jomez is the first to like perfect to make it. it. Yeah, and to make it to make it popular for sure. Right. But but if I'm if I'm the disc golf pro tour and I'm trying to advance the pro tour, uh, that's what I'm thinking about. Well, that's like we talked about on Griplock, yeah. where eventually, eventually everyone can't be buddy buddy when business is on the yeah. line. Eventually, stuff's gonna get no, cutthroat sure. to where like the pro so, tour is gonna have to make a tough decision for the good of the tour. Yeah. At some point. All right. Yeah, I guess that's that's the hard part is figuring out where where do you stop it and when. When do you get somebody else in to that's, do the yeah, thing? That's that's the tough. Yeah. That's, that's why Jeff Springs making those big bucks to make those decisions. So, but hey, we appreciate yeah. the call. I love always yeah, talking man. about that, and uh, hopefully, hopefully yeah. that makes sense. We're not against post production. We just want it to be no, shifted no, no, to a different I, I never spot. Yep, sweet man, appreciate it. Yep, take it easy, brother. Have a nice night. Better. I like the like hang up tone on that. It's very satisfying. To me. Is that new? Do do do. Well, I normally mute the guy and then hang up. 
No, I like the hang-up tone. I do too. Yeah, I've never, I've never heard it before, so I, I, it's, it's satisfying to me. It's Someone like ASMR. said, "Disc Golf Pro Tour, just buy twenty more cameras." I think the, the, the boom. The problem is, the problem is, you can get more cameras, but the, you can't get as many. The I live think, units. I think what we're, everything units. we're talking about, like the I said units. weeks ago, everything we're talking about, I think the Pro Tour is, uh, is doing it in we got a one? slow, slow phase in. Bring them in. Bring them in. These have been good so far. These honestly have been the two best calls, I would say. Is it three three calls? Two calls? I think this is our third call that we're this bringing is our third? in. Hello? Bringing in right now. Four. Hello, hello? Nine, three, four, five, zero. We just blasted their number. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was only like four digits. You can't. That could have been bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe not. Maybe they're looking for, you know, maybe, maybe they're alone and they want some company. That's fine. So I don't know. I, I I do like though where these I think these this is where debate night thrives is these types of calls. Here we go coming in. This is what we want. Hello, hello. Hello. How's it going? Great. How are you? I'm doing good. Who who we have calling tonight, and where are you from? Uh, my name is Joe. I'm uh, calling from the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Very good. What you got for us? Uh, yeah, so I hope you, I mean, I hope you aren't tired about, or tired of talking, uh, you know, live versus post-produced, but so I know last week on the podcast, you said that you want to get, you know, the Jomez fanboys uh, onto the show, and I suppose I would classify myself uh, in that category, Okay. and for me, for me, I just don't see any valid reason why. I would watch disc golf live when I can watch it for free and a product that is much higher quality, I think, and on my own time. And I think that's where the majority of people are at that haven't switched. Can, okay. Can I ask you a question? For sure. Okay. So what if everything stays the same? Joe Mez is still filming. You still have your favorite commentators, but now instead of going to youtube.com slash Joe pro to watch it, you go to youtube.com slash disc golf pro tour. I think that would be awesome. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what we're basically saying. Okay. Yeah. I think like if, 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 the, if Joe Mez, if, if, if disc golf pro tour says, Hey, we want, we want everything to be under our umbrella. Joe Mez, we will pay you. $25,000 to film and do all a post-production, everything like that, but we're going to post it and monetize it and do everything under our YouTube channel. And Joma yeah, says, think, yeah, sounds great. We're in. Great. I think that'd be great. Do you think that is something that could happen? Like, do you think I, that don't, I don't think it will. I, don't, I, I could be wrong. I don't think Jomez would agree to that. And so I think what will end up happening is the Disc Golf Pro Tour will find people that can film, edit, do graphics just as good as Jomez, and then they will put it on, uh, and you'll get the same product. Okay. Well, yeah, I think there's, I really think there's a long, or the Disc Golf Pro Tour has, or, or the Disc Golf Network has a long way to go, just because. Do you I not mean, like I Central think, Coast? Do you think Central Coast or GK Skins or GK Pro, do you think their coverage is bad? 
I think it's solid. It's not. I wouldn't say it's certainly not as good as Jomez. Do you think if they had the resources Jomez had that it might get better? Yeah, I would say so. But so do you think the Disc Golf Pro Tour, if Jomez said no, the Disc Golf Pro Tour went to GK and said, hey, we can give you better cameras. We can give you uh, a better graphics person. We can give you blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, GK Pro is making just as good as content. And now it's on the Disc Golf Pro Tour. You would still tune in and watch? For sure. But Perfect. I think... I love it. I think... That's... Yeah, that's... that's, I, that's, I, that's I just, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I just, I just think there's a lot of changes that need to be made. And I know you talked about them earlier, like as far as the commentary. And, and I... This is me being pretty picky, but I've I've even noticed uh, the people that are actually filming. I don't think they do as good of a job as you know the guys that are filming on Jomez. And I think maybe even the quality of cameras aren't even, aren't as good as uh, what Jomez are is are what, what they're using. Are you but, talking uh, Pro Tour? Or are you talking like GK and uh, Central Coast? No, Pro Tour. Okay, yeah, because they're doing live, so I think it's a little well, bit of a different the, that's situation. That's the quality, but that. He is right about the cameraman straight up skill of following a disc. Oh, on 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 the pro like, tour. Like Jomez is and it might just be they've been doing it for so much longer, but like it could also be the cameras. The cameras that Jomez are using might be actually easier to follow the disc. Yeah, that yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. You don't think so? I mean I've I can follow a disc on a DSLR zooming with my offhand. So, so the, what you're saying then is disc golf pro tour needs to fire their cameraman. Not and all get of them, no, no, no. no, the no. bad ones. Yeah, yeah, I think th I think there are some that yeah. just maybe they are, know how to operate a camera and don't know how to follow a disc. The, the, to, to, think, to think that there aren't hundreds of people out there that can film disc golf, to me, is just wild. It just takes practice. Sure. To learn how to follow a disc and flight sure. characteristics. I, I think that's why it's easy for someone who knows disc golf to follow a disc golf flight. Yeah. Is you can tell when a disc is about to hyzer and when it's about to go straight. Someone who's never seen the sport and picks up a camera is like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Sure. I'm, I, yeah, I just think you could teach people to follow. I think, I don't think that's what Joe, that's not the hardest I don't, overlap. Yeah. I don't think yeah. that's what makes Jomez Jomez is their camera people. Correct. That's the, I'll it's, say it's that. It's their graphics and the motion commentary, people. all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. For sure. But yeah, well, real quick, I just go for it. Uh, yeah. I think, I think just the combination of that with commentary that I think is garbage most of the time. And the fact that I have to, pay for something and watch ads it's just it's 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 got a long long ways to go before i would you know prioritize 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 watching it live i'm never i'm never trying to convince anyone to watch live that is like if you love post-production that's fine i'm not trying to convince people to watch live what i'm trying to convince people is i think everything should be under the disc golf pro tour umbrella that's what i'm trying to convince so i think we both agreed that if the Disc Golf Pro Tour can create a product that post-production-wise is equally as good or close to equally as good as Jomez and Central Coast and GK, you would tune in and watch under, the, under YouTube's disc, uh, you, uh, under Disc Golf Pro Tour's YouTube channel? That's my point. Okay. I'm not trying to okay. get you to watch live. Like If you don't want to watch live, it is, it, it is what it is. For sure. Yeah. You know, I just think I hear a lot, you know, live is, 
you know, the future of disc golf. And right now that's, I think that's just well, tough to I mean, live, live for sports, people, people tune in way more for live for sports than anything else. That's why, you know, the advertising for live sports is, is drastically insane. The amount of money that people throw into live sports is insane. I don't mm-hmm. think that's going to go anywhere, especially in the States. People in the States go nuts about live sports. I mean, the fact that they can get over 100,000 people at a NASCAR event or 100,000 people at football games. I mean, that's nuts that people are going to show up to watch a live sport like that. And then obviously a lot more people watching on TV. I don't think that's ever going to change. I don't think you're going to see a switch into people being like, oh, I don't care about this. I'll just tune in and watch it two days from now. Um, but that's not to say people aren't out there that do enjoy sitting down and watching at their own time. I'm not trying to convince them otherwise. Okay. That's fair. Yep. That's, that's good to know. I, I agree with that. Sweet. Well, Hey, I appreciate you calling in. You heard, you heard yeah. my call last episode and you called in. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, uh, I lo- love the podcast. I look forward to it every week. So Hey, appreciate it. that, man. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for calling. Yep. Have a good one. Have a good one. Hey. Before we talk another about, or before we take another call, I don't know if we're going to take another call, but oh, we're taking another call. There's a lot of people who don't understand or want to know your reasoning behind why bring it all onto the Pro Tour channel. Like basically, if it's the same product and you're just taking it from Jomez and you're putting the Pro Tour branding on it, what does that do? What's the reasoning behind that? Because it builds the Disc Golf Pro Tour brand. That's it? Just building the brand? I mean, that, I, I can give you other reasons, but that's the to biggest. To me, the that's one the, I always thought was the monetization factor that's behind one, it. For sure. That's one, too. But, I mean, if the Disc Golf Pro Tour is trying to get become more popular, right, they should be trying to build up their social media. They should be trying to build up their name recognition. And right now, there's a lot of people that don't really know what the Disc Golf Pro Tour is, but know what Jomez is. See, to and me, Jomez um, covers the Disc Golf Pro Tour, where it's like you wouldn't, you wouldn't have people that, uh, if CBS only covered football, you wouldn't have. I don't, I'm not going to do that analogy, but you you see what I'm saying? Like, if I'm a company and I own a product that people want to see, I'm going to do everything I can to like try to build up that product. And I don't know if the, the, I could be wrong here. I could be wrong. I don't believe the Disc Golf Pro Tour giving it to another YouTube channel. It'd be different if it was nationally broadcast, right? So if like ESPN, CBS, Fox, something like that came in and said, hey, we want to show the Disc Golf Pro Tour, it's on YouTube. So they're giving it, they could post it on their YouTube channel. They're deciding not to. They're posting it on another YouTube channel. My guess is if they didn't do that, and they posted it on their theirs, it would still get as many views. Yeah. That would be my guess. I will say one thing that can't be overlooked is I don't know if the Pro Tour currently has the resources or would be willing to spend the resources to hire the level of talent that Jomez has when it comes to graphics and motion graphics guys. Because I've talked to those guys and some of the, they are, a lot of them are doing this purely because they love disc golf. Mm. And their day jobs that's that they point. their day jobs that they quit. I mean, there's some of them that were freelancing for Amazon, Netflix. That's a good like, point. they probably they. I don't. I didn't talk numbers with them, but as a creative beforehand, I know if you're doing freelance work for Amazon or Netflix, you're you're not you're living mo- you're paycheck money. to paycheck. You're yeah. you're you're doing just fine. 
And so they're taking, one of them was like, I, you know, everyone on earth, my parents, everyone thinks I'm an idiot for, you know, quitting everything to work with Jomez, but I just love it. So if the Pro Tour is hiring I wonder, those guys, I wonder those specific guys are loyal to Jomez. I wonder if they they're have... not, they're not going to the Pro Tour if it means Jomez can't do coverage. So to find guys of that talent level elsewhere, I don't know that the Pro Tour has that kind of money right now. I wonder if they crank the numbers and see, okay, if we are able to hit 250,000 views per round, per like video that puts out, how much money are we making off that? Yeah. I wonder if they crank the numbers to be like, okay, every tournament we do, we're going to have lead, second card, and then yada, 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 and we are going to make $25,000. And... 20,000 of that is going to go out that week and pay for all the people and we take in five. Yeah. And that slowly that five that they're not going to be paying more. So slowly that five becomes seven, that seven becomes 10. I still personally, that guy might've been even been calling, thinking he's talking to you, talking to me. Cause I personally talking to you, talking to me. Like, I think he was calling, expecting you to debate him when like the stuff that you agree with him on is probably where uh, he's oh, heard you me disagree. Oh, interesting. Okay. Not necessarily that I think people should watch, like post-produce should disappear, people shouldn't watch it, but I do think we need to encourage and push more people to be watching live because what live does good, the biggest reason I think a lot of people don't watch live isn't because they're like, don't watch other sports or they don't whatever to where they like, don't understand what live sports as a whole mm-hmm. is good. It's just that the quality barriers... is a better the, product. Yeah, it's a much better product, post is. But some people, I've seen plenty of people be like, if live lived up to the quality of post, I would watch it because they would rather watch the moment happen. Mm-hmm. I think that if live could get the quality there and more people were pushed to live first and post was like the like the NFL network that he brought up or the previous caller had 5 million views on that one thing, I guarantee that Cowboys game in primetime had who knows how many people watched it. It was, yeah. had to be more than 5 million Probably. views. So, yeah, a lot of people watch that, but we're looking at a whole different level of numbers to where more people are watching live. Yeah, you're trying to make it to where it's it's not as convenient to watch post. Because right now you can watch post like the next not day. Not yet. Not right now. Once live gets the quality there. Yeah. Sure. Because I think it's that, tough. The I think product's it's a big, not there yet. Yeah, yeah I think that's a big shift because it allows... I think it'll be big for disc golf because it allows a lot of like social media, media, stuff like that to take that next step to the better higher level because like if we do a post round wrap-up show after live for instance the people who watch post aren't going to tune tune into that show yet so there's a lot there's a lot of stuff that like the pro tour even if the pro tour did a post round recap show on their network they're missing out on monetization opportunities that are benefiting the pro tour because people are waiting till the next day to watch watch post Mm. whereas if and that's not even including the amount that you can monetize with sponsorship spots and stuff like that on the actual course and all there's a lot more monetization opportunities i feel like in live and stuff surrounding the live event than there is because post like the world's round from a few years ago or like 2015 usdgc that might have millions of views by now but like i know me personally i've watched some of those things 45 times in the last three years when the event happened six years ago yeah you get youtube youtube the numbers are inflated like if i'm watching a jomez round one and two holes in, I have to go do something and I close out of the app and then I come back and I start it again. That's another view. Yeah. So like I could potentially have five or six views. The unique views on those videos, it'd be very interesting to me to see how many unique views those videos are because that kind of gives you an idea potentially of like how many people actually care about 
uh, pro disc golf. But I, I say we, if we have another caller, I say we do one more. Yeah, yep, I'm let's good. Let's do it. Hello, hello. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, how's it going? Good, how are you guys? We're doing good. Who are we talking to? Where are you from? This is Dallas from Michigan. Dallas from Michigan. What's going on, man? Well, I was uh, going to kind of jump on that uh, wagon with the uh, the footage there and how they're doing it uh, between post-production and the live. One thing I think they're making a big mistake on is allowing different companies to own the footage they, they take. Mm -hmm. uh, because he, talking about post-production, post-production should have captured the whole thing, not just the lead card, especially when someone's making the push for the second card. That is something that they completely miss out on. They've teamed up with GK Pro recently. I forget which tournament it was, where they're actually showing uh, second card pushing up, and that agreement was in place beforehand. But that's a big thing, especially, you know, if someone's watching post-produced, what's not helping them is having two different companies filming the same card from nearly the same angles, like eight different cameras on the same card. If they could spread that out a little bit more, get some third card, then your post-produced could have a little bit more narrative. It could tell the story of how things are developing between the different cards, capture more quality shots. And for the guys that like post-production, you can watch the entire round. You could also have highlights that are not just limited to, you know, if Joe just want to do highlights, all they have is the one card. They can do the best to whoever that day out of the four. But if it was spread out, maybe get 16 guys recorded, you're going to get more close shots. You're going to get more, you know, great runs. You have a, a eight, ten-minute round summary where you show some great shots and you show some cool stuff that happened throughout the round. Yeah, good points. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that live versus post-produced needs to be treated as two products because there's a lot of stuff you can do with live that you just can't do with post-produced. Yeah. And I agree with you. It is, it is, it's tough to see eight cameras on Lee card sometimes. At the same time, it kind of, um, it doesn't, it isn't, they're not there yet to actually break off and say, okay, we're not only going to have all the footage, but what we're also going to do is be in charge of all the highlights. You still need that, uh, that push, that creative push. Like when Jomez makes these, pushes and their guys like you're saying the guys that are practically doing it freelance that's all going on in their resume these guys are going to make a fortune after this whether it be in disc golf or wherever they go like it's a great career move for them because they actually have showable product that they can work with that's helping them get those amazon uh, deals but they're also pushing the technology forward in disc golf like the quality that's gone up over the past couple of years if you go back and watch like like you're what you're saying that 2015 the difference in the user experience that they're presenting is above and beyond. And I think that's also, um, you know, go into Brody, your take about wanting to push towards mainstream TV, you know, CBS, ESPN. That's always something I've, I've been kind of against. They already had that audience. They have the people that are hungry to watch golf and then they go there. Audiences are following right now. They're not being let into, they're not being, can't lead in with a football game and have disc golf after because people are DVRing it and they're turning the channel and they have Netflix. It's a different market. And I think if we keep pushing the technology, we foster a lot of competitive and, uh, you know, innovative styles. 
I think what disc golf could present if they embrace technology and how we can use that to uh, show a sport in a whole different way, it could be better than what they're currently doing. They're stuck. The cameras get better. The robotic football players with the end zone dances get better. But the product is the same. They're stagnant. Yeah. This golf has an opportunity to jump ahead and do something unique and cool, in my opinion. Yeah. Absolutely. Sweet. Appreciate, appreciate you calling. Thank again, you so much. Yeah. Good talking to you guys. Yeah. Take care. Have appreciate it. We'll do, we'll do one more call. One more quick call. If we got one. We got a couple people in the chat. Real Not quick. live versus post yeah. news. If it's live versus post news, we're <laughs> cutting You it. might get hung up on. Just FYI. Silas, Silas is a killer. Is ruthless. He is a killer. He will hang up on you. We'll do, we'll, oh, I'm doing this. Just started here. No, what just... is that? What movie is that? That's. Right, what movie is this? Hello, who are we talking to? Five. One. Oh. Up. Oh. What is what is this? When they're like, I don't know. He, is he's it the king and he's up there and like if he goes like this, that means kill him. Yeah. Um. Oh my gosh, what movie is that? The king was like a weasel. He's like a weaselly guy. I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. I've seen. The Gladiator. King. Gladiator. I'm the king and gladiator. Silas, if I give you the thumbs down immediately. Was it Caesar? Was he? Is that actually Caesar and Gladiator? It has to be. I don't think that. I don't think he was Caesar. He's probably playing Caesar. I don't think he was playing Caesar. Well, it wasn't the real Caesar. No, I mean, no, no. But I'm saying in the movie, I don't think he was playing Caesar. Caesar. Nah, no. Joquan. It was. Was it Joquan? Is that even how you pronounce his name? Three hundred. Definitely not three hundred. But that was a fantastic movie. Don't even get me started with the movies. I swear it was a Troy. It might be in a lot of just dark horse, like Rome old movies. There is a lot. I don't watch movies. Joaquin. He oh, became, no, he became Yo- Caesar. Is it Joaquin? Joaquin Phoenix? How do you, That's Yoquan? the actor. Yeah, how do you say his name? Joaquin? Joaquin? Uh, I don't know. Phoenix? Joaquin. Joaquin. That doesn't sound right. Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin. I think Joaquin. it's Joaquin. Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin. He played yeah. the Joker in Joker. Yeah. Yeah. He also uh, wasn't that the guy that did. Uh, yeah, I think we, got some. we have a Hello. Hi. How's it going? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Who are we talking to? And where are you from? It's going good. This is uh, Tim. I'm from San Diego. All right, Tim. What you got for us? Um, I wanted to touch base uh, on live coverage, not to do with live versus produced. But oh, it's not to do with live versus Specifically commentary. I'm, I'm oh, down. Live commentary. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. We'll let it slide. Okay. What'd you got? All right. So I was noticing over the match play weekend that something felt a little forced. Uh, there were three people in the booth. And uh, what seemed odd to me was um, – no offense to Christine Jennings. I love what she's been doing. I've been following her on social media for Don't a few years. She's it, great at what man. she does. Give it to me hard. You only a sure code it. Give it to me hard, <laughs> it, it, seems, it seems like they threw her in there just to have a female perspective when it probably would have worked better if they had just her and Terry together in the booth. Because um, it felt like they weren't letting her talk a lot. Mm. And when they were, it was mostly when the FPO coverage was happening. Um, and I thought out of the three of them, she probably delivered some of the best commentary, but it seemed strange to me. So I was wondering, uh, do you guys think that there should be, uh, women covering FPO and men covering, uh, MPO, um, or should it be a mixed bag? 
I like uh, in my opinion, I think it should be a mixed bag, but it seems like the Pro Tour is trying to uh, split it up a little bit. I like it. The first thing I'll say is the three-person situation needs to get figured out because if you guys are watching right now... What are you doing? When they're doing live and they've got three people in the booth, like the guy in the middle is like sitting like up here in front and trying to and talk the two to people are sitting like behind so he's like yeah what happened it's it's when they cut to it man it's it's hard to watch um, yeah it's 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 strange it right. feels like uh like it wasn't set up properly this is what i'll say i think having two people in the booth and trying to work out that chemistry is very tough having three people without having that two person chemistry down is is a train wreck waiting to happen. Well, I think the hardest part is, and I think this is kind of to his point, is right now they have, it's been Valerie Jenkins, Elaine King, uh, Juliana Corver, uh, Christine Jennings, Hannah McBeth, that are com- that they're, they're there to commentate the FPO. Mm-hmm. They'll eventually, they'll every once in a while chirp, chirp in on the open, the MPO, Mixed Pro Open Division, but they're there to, to commentate on the FPO, which I think breaks up the flow that you don't have. Like If you want to have a combined stream, that's fine. Have just the two best commentators. That might be a that might be a Hannah and Christine combination. That might be a Hannah mm. and Terry combination. That may, might be a Terry. It's probably not Terry and, and Nate, but it might. No, it's, it's absolutely. But um, <laughs> th- there's combinations that like you find the combination chemistry wise that works. Mm-hmm. And like disc golf, if you know the sport, you know the sport. You might not know the storylines, but that's your job as a commentator to learn. And let them just commentate the whole stream or split the streams and have two separate commentary teams. But I agree with them that it can be confusing when, like, me and you are commenting MPO and then, like, I'm the play-by-play guy. I'm like, all right, now it's turned to FPO and we just ignore yeah, ignore you every, completely. And everyone we're like, just shuts off. And now there's a whole new commentator that we're trying to, like, yeah. that just breaks up the flow. I think, so to answer, for, on my side, to answer your question, I don't care if who's in the booth as long as they know what they're talking about. I think it's going to be very difficult to have someone that knows MPO and FPO. I think that's going to be really tricky for them to pay attention to both. I think the ideal situation is where they either have uh, two separate streams yeah. going on or they do it to where one stream is in the morning and one stream is in the afternoon and they have like two different broadcasting teams. Because yeah. I think do, trying to do it all at once, I, I I believe Hunter and you are correct in the sense of where it is just like out of control. I just think that adds to breaking up the flow. A hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. It, may, it makes yeah. The, the jump feel even more and It's weird too. It it's like I'm sitting here, but I have nothing and I don't know anything to say about FPO, so I'm out. And then he just like... Just, but, that, but, yeah. but that's not true. You might not know something about the story, but you know how you should attack a shot. Um, which is something that like the commentary is missing. You know, they, they often talk about the pressure or the odd situation they might be in, but they never talk about how, um, you know, they're, they're throwing a putter approach shot from 150 feet out. If they wanted to land it softly, they should probably throw a nose up or something along those lines. You know, they don't get enough into the detail. Whereas, um, I think that a good color, color commentator who like can do what you were just saying of get into the nitty gritty detail. You should not, it shouldn't be like a really hard thing to be like, hey, you need to learn the storylines of these leaders, like the two guys in MPO and the two women in FPO. You need to learn their storylines so you can cover, like that's a much easier job than trying to get someone to learn the ins and outs of disc golf, but like they know the storylines, if that makes sense. So we're like, right. And, like, and, 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 you, and the, but the, the disc golf pro tour, 
could be providing a lot of that information to their commentators. You know, yeah. what I, one thing that I'm noticing is there's, I, I know that one of the conversations that's come up a lot in the past with the live coverage is dead space um, and trying to find something to talk about or put graphics up on the screen. And part of that narrative, when you're paying attention to, you know, who's on the lead card or who's, you know, leading the event, they can already have a lot of that stuff teed up. So that way, the commentators, you could have one that's very technical-oriented and another one who's very story-oriented and working with the Pro Tour and, you know, getting things phoned into their ear with more information. Um, so, yeah, that, so I guess I was kind of saying all that to lead into a hot take of what are, what are your opinions on bringing in someone who has more sports commentating background mm-hmm. to work in tandem with someone who's a disc golf expert? I yeah. think I think that would be if if they're not trying to do that in the off season, if they're not trying to find someone in the off season like that, and you know try to coach them up a little bit, right? Get them, get them, uh, maybe have a couple events to have them go out and watch so they kind of see what it looks like. Uh, have them watch other broadcasts and 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 get them kind of familiarized with disc golf a little bit. I think they're missing out because I think that could really be the glue that a lot of people right now, when they're talking about, man, the commentary, the commentary. So no one in the booth right now has that experience, like has the experience of like, they went to school for it. Um, they know the do's and don'ts of broadcasting and all that. Like everyone's just kind of trying to figure out the best they can. And so, you know, sometimes they do get a little bit of an unfair shake, of like people attacking them. But again, at the end of the day, people don't really want to hear your reasons for why you can't do anything. So I don't know. I think, I think, I think that's definitely the move. So. Sure. Well, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, that last statement that you said about how they, you know, they're, they're trying to work with, you know, what's available. Um, yeah. And I. Nope. We might've lost the call. All right golf for a long time he's been doing his own commentary and he can kind of keep a an unbiased perspective i feel like he did a good job with that this weekend at the match play tournament um but what's what's odd to me is trying to kind of force in um a professional golfer uh to be honest um like i think nate doss does a good job with commentary but it can be very um off-putting sometimes the way that he might ignore or reject something that you know, the other commentator might say. Yeah. Um, we, and I, I feel like having that bias removed would help us uh, significantly. Yeah, yeah. We, I don't know. I think it was Trevor, me and Trevor were talking about this um, when you were off doing your, you know what? Uh, I don't actually know what you were doing. I think you were, I think, I think you actually went to go, I think you went to go get uh, the meeting. The meeting uh, I had a meeting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but me and Trevor were talking about how, if you look at a lot of commentary teams that have twosomes, like there's two people in the booth, one is the guy that is just kind of flowing and putting it together. And then the other one is like the expert. And you never hear, like if you're the expert and I'm the guy that's just supposed to flow, if you said something, you never hear the expert go, well, actually, I don't believe you're right. Yeah. Like you never hear the commentators. Mm -hmm. Now, before the event starts and after the event starts, that's when you have multiple analysts, and that's when you kind of get a debate of like what happened, what but went that's down. Not during the round. But during the broadcast, yeah, that's when you get Stephen A. Smith and Joe yeah, Rogan going at it. During the broadcast, <laughs> you normally don't ever hear commentators like go back and forth with 
you know, what actually is happening. So, but Hey, yeah, we appreciate the call. That's a good way. I think to finish out the calls for this week. Heck yeah. Thank you so much for calling in, man. Hope you have a wonderful night. Hey, thanks. You too. Yeah. Um, it's definitely an interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think someone actually said Joe Rogan does it a lot in UFC. He does do it sometimes. And I think, I think it's when the play by the, uh, play by play guy who is like the flow guy. Yeah. will say something. And it won't be right. So Joe Rogan so Joe corrects Rogan. him, say, actually, no, that is a blah, 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 hold Which that's or a whatever. whole different thing. Of that's if a, I'm the play-by-play guy and I say... Something incorrect. Something incorrect and you as the expert correct me. Mm-hmm. That works a lot more than if you're the expert and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, Charlie. That's sure? right. Are you sure? Yeah. But I definitely think that, like, I've said it multiple times. I'm sure I've said it on podcasts. I know I've said it to people in person. It's like disc golf right now the pro tour the disc golf network has a chance to hire someone as the voice of disc golf the play-by-play guy and then just find the former pro that works the best with him as the color commentator guy to where the play-by-play guy just needs to understand the sport enough to use the right terminology keep thing flowing but they'll understand the understand the cadence their timing which i just said the same thing twice uh they'll understand they'll understand all the flow stuff and they probably went to school for it or had some experience in it, understand the flow of the broadcast and when to go to the color commentator guy or what prompts to give them to get the best out of them versus it just being me and you and we're both like, you know, just disc golfers and we're like, hey, I'll be the play-by-play guy, you be the color commentary guy, and then it just turns into a conversation. Yeah, hopefully hopefully we can figure it out yeah, as hopefully we go. Hopefully it works. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will try to, in the future, I think, try to get the calls quicker. I don't know how we can do that. Like, am I going to have to be Julius Caesar? I might have to be Julius Caesar. And at a certain point, like, if someone's just kind of, like, going, I might, I might have. We could put timers. I think I just have to. Just no, because there might be someone that's really giving it to me. And pause. And I'm going to like want to combat that and yeah. keep it going. Yeah. But if there is a situation where it's just like like I almost am falling asleep, I might I might just have to Julius Caesar. Hit it. I like I like that. Okay. I think people if you like that. If you like it, then we, we I think people in the chat, honestly, tonight. They I, can I think get it would be good. I think it would be good to maybe present a list of topics like if we would have had your takes and been like if you want to call i want you to bring up one of these takes like we're tonight these are we're we're talking about brody's worst takes on twitter are you saying we should do that prior to the episode or are you saying no like during the episode be like during the episode let's call you know what call in if you have any disagreements like we're going to be just kind of discussing why we think this way but if you if you're against it Call in now. I feel time. like that's what every episode is. We have topics, and if you disagree, I with just any don't want to keep going back to live versus post produced. Well, like I'm Julius Caesaring people. Okay, if you if you if Julius you come Caesar, on live, I think I think live versus post post produced is dead. Yeah, it's been answered. I think literally this episode, I will say what is better. I think the title of this episode would be what is better, live or post produced disc golf. That's not For, getting clicks. We've, we've done that so many times. You don't think so? I think well, we keep it Brody, Brody's worst takes. Okay, well maybe we keep it that way. But maybe in the maybe in the description I say that so that way if you, you want to hear you send people to it. if you want to hear our takes on live versus post, you come here and then that's we squash it. And if something weird happens in the future, let's bring it back up. But let's let, let's move the let's move the needle a little bit. I think it needed to be said tonight. Obviously a lot of people are super were were super confused about what I mean people were thinking that you wanted to like 
literally just banish any post production, which you no. might actually still want to do that. No, I'm I want to draw. I want to drive traffic to live, but I don't want to banish post produce. I think you just want to pal. Okay, I think post produce is a different product, and it should. It has its spot in the disc golf world as a yeah. different product. Live, biggest thing with live is the quality's got to. Pick yeah. it up a notch if it wants to be what it should be. But I think we're going to go I, – I think we want to go more – or at least me. I want to try to get more topics too, especially in the like player category because I think that's really interesting to talk about. So like I think is prize, this person better than anyone? Now that we like know prize picks – I think exists, prize picks has a lot of potential. There's a lot of stuff that like – there's a lot of debates that can happen within those picks. Like what if Nico calls in and goes, Brody, you're an absolute idiot for picking the over. I'll like, tell you that this, would be incredible. I was this close to taking big germ under. I looked at it. He was the highest. I think at 50, 50 he was like 52.5. I, I love the point fives too. So I looked at it. I thought about it. I was this close to taking the big germ under. Cause he's got that touchy forehand. <sighs> I know he does. And so then nasty. I almost slid him into my freaky pick, but Emerson Keith had to take that. I really did want the guy that said that my, my worst take was me saying that I was good at disc golf to call in because I'm really curious what he thinks the level of good in disc golf is. People like that will never call in. I don't think so. Well, you never know. I, and I'm also not like – I'm also highly against this notion of – because I see it all the time. And I do appreciate people on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram backing me up. I love that. I appreciate your guys' support. But I don't like the argument of like he's better than you. I never like that argument of – because someone is better than you, their opinion matters more or your opinion doesn't matter at all. Mm -hmm. I hate that argument. But that was my Twitter bio for a while. I'm my rating my rating no, my rating's not high enough for my opinions to matter. Yeah. That was my Twitter bio. So I don't I don't like that being like if someone says something to me, I don't like that. Now if they say like I'm trash, I can beat you, then of course I'm gonna say like, hey, let's play. Bogey Rose battle. Let's play. They say blonde I'm dude down. blows, we gotta come to their town. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm down for that, but um, I'm just I'm a lot of times I'm just really interested in what some of these people really think. Yeah, because I don't maybe maybe there are only twenty good players in disc golf. No, there's twenty great players. Okay, there's a lot of good players though. A lot of good players. Like right. like I said, I would consider myself a a good disc golf player. Well, if you're good, then what the heck does that make me? Jeez, I'm feeling pretty decent at best. All right, thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully, you enjoyed this week's. About myself. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed this week's debate night. Um, if you haven't, if you're curious about the Twitter thread with New London handicap stuff like that, just a fair reminder: sixteen to two. If you think no, no, that's no, a, you have, sixteen to no, two, no, if you no, think no, that no, was no. a loss to me, no, 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 no. I don't know how. No, 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 no. Don't. Don't make me go into 30 more minutes on this. We have to go home and no, sleep. No, I'm wrapping the show up. I was just Bogey saying Bro Banner, if two. you're interested, Bogey Bro Banner will have the video. When is that video coming out? This week? It's not Bogey Bro Banner. It's just our Patreon. Oh, sorry, not this. I'll post it tomorrow. I got it. Cute okay, up. the video will come out to our Patreons. If you're interested, check out the Patreon. Really awesome. Also, shout, shout out to Prize Picks. Appreciate you guys supporting this podcast. Definitely check that out. I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be really fun, especially when you get your, your friends and stuff involved. Yeah. Um, so check that out. I think I went 3-0. I, I, I think all, all my players are going to hit. Then, um, well, oh, did a, you go... It's kind of did unfortunate. Did you go power play or did you go flex pick? I went flex. So then you don't really think it. Don't really think all three is going to Well, I, don't, I want to get points. 
I think Trevor's idea of going power play is just absolutely ludicrous. If you're that confident, you go power play. No, 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 because I want points. I want points. All right, well, regardless, uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Hopefully you had a great week.